unpopular opinion. I don't think your life has to have a purpose. Or you a grand ambition. I think it's okay to just wander through life, finding interesting things until you die. Ladies, gentlemen and variations thereupon, this is Modern Escapism. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Oodles, the most unpopular podcast host this side of the Atlantic. With me today, we have Food is Better in the Microwave. It's Biggie. Hello. Vegans are so humble and quiet about their opinions. It's Candy. Hello. Game Pass isn't actually very good and it's full of bloatware. It's Gadget. It's true. And the Millennium Prayer is a stone cold banger. It's Stig. Absolute rave machine of a song. <laughs> Millennium yeah. Prayer. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought about that in, well, 22 years. <laughs> Stig does. Hello and welcome. So yes, before My we anthem. continue with the rest of the show, we have things to sell. Stig, take it away. Yep. If you like what we do, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash modern escapism and there you will see the extra stuff that you can pay us to get. More stuff. Excellent words coming out of my mouth there. Anyway, if you uh, want an extended edition of this episode every week, as well as at least one monthly special and any other specials that we put out currently, we are doing a Moon Knight special and there will be a Too Faf Too Curious dropping randomly when I can get it edited. From the sky. Yes. So that's the kind of specials you'll get. £5 a month, Modern Escapees. If you are into Dungeons & Dragons, we do a D&D play podcast called Do Dragons Dream of Scott Sheep. £5 a month, the Scott Sheep tier will get you ad-free early access of the episodes as well as uh, artwork done by Candy, any battle maps put together, any character sheets and any original music and etc. that we do for the show. You'll also be able to suggest items and NPCs for Gadget to use. And £7.50, it's the Biggie Bundle. And that gets you everything. Subject VAT. Yes! There we go. <laughs> there we go. was ready to jump in there with words, but... I, yeah, I, I keep happen- doing it, and I'm See waiting. what happens when I deviate from like the usual spiel. I just go, yeah. I've just tripped over myself. <laughs> anyway, on with the Nexus. And I'm going to start this week so then I can sit back, relax, and get drunk. Ah. <sighs> I have watched a film this week, guys. A film called Cliff Beasts 6, The Battle for Everest, Memories of oh, the Requiem. Did you watch that? Also known as The Bubble. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> on Netflix. So, listen to this cast list. David Duchovny, Karen Gillan, Keegan-Michael Key, Leslie Mann, Pedro Pascal, Kate McKinnon, Daisy Ridley, John Lithgow, John Cena, James McAvoy, Peter Serafanowicz. That's just... What a cast. You had me at David Directed That's a real cast list. Directed <laughs> by Judd Apatow. Oh, this I'm is in. probably the worst film I've watched in the last five years. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Worse than the original June. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's worse than June. Um, this film is basically the bubble, it's called. It's a, it's a pandemic film. So um, it's about... It's, 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 it's a... Um, 
it's like a uh, what do you what do you call it? A uh, spoof mockumentary kind of thing. Not quite mockumentary, but fly on the wall thing, film thing, comedy about five or six, seven actors in an hotel making a uh, a film called Cliff Beasts, and they're in their COVID bubbles. And hilarity ensues, but mm-hmm. unfortunately it doesn't, because it's no fucking funny <laughs> at all. Are they playing like, themselves? Are they playing... No, okay. no, they're, play, they're, they're all playing annoying as fuck actors. Oh, it's... To oh. themselves. Yeah, I suppose. Like, I usually give Judd Apatow a pass, because some of his films I've enjoyed. This is by far the worst thing he's ever done. By far. The worst thing he's ever, ever done. I don't see how um, he could have done it so wrong because when I look back at the pandemic, all I can do is laugh. It was such a hilarious time in life. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they making films on this already? There was already, there was another one, wasn't there, with mm. Anne Hathaway yeah. uh, in about breaking into Harrods during yeah. lockdown. It was called yeah. lockdown, actually. Yeah. Shh, just no. The no, actual, the actual plot yet. is about um, Nebula, aka Karen Gillan, coming into. England. She's for some reason incredible Scottish actor. They've got to do an American accent. Why? But they've got to come That's in. Just standard for most of the Hollywood. I films, know they've got to come in, coming into England to finish off a film called Cliff Beasts Six: uh, The Battle for Everest, Memories of the Requiem, which is supposed to be funny, isn't it? <laughs> it don't work. So, it's got Requiem in the title, so we know it's going to be shit. Yeah. So Cliff Beasts in, in this unit in this world universe is their Jurassic Park. One of the biggest franchises ever. It's about dinosaurs and stuff, really high budget and stuff like that. Um, and they've got a new director on, on to do it. And it, obviously, tensions are high because of the pandemic. And they're all actors, and they're all going, "Oh, don't touch me, don't touch me," that kind of thing. And they're all locked away in this manor slash hotel where they're filming the, the the film on green screen and stuff like that. And straight off the bat. It's just pandemic joke after pandemic joke, like like, hi, my name's John, and shaking their hands and going no, and like spraying their hands and throwing them on the ground, like, um, do you know um, what's environmental protection hazmat suits on, yeah. spraying them and locking them down for two weeks and stuff like, as if that's funny, because it's not, it's not funny. It was it was horrendous, uh, but yeah, the the film itself. Guess what? It's two and a half hours long. Oh, Patel, stop it. Remember, oh. this is 40. That was like two hours, ten minutes. Fucking the only hell. redeeming thing... Knocked up was two and a half hours. Yeah, it was. The only redeeming thing in this is David Duchovny. He's, he's good in it because he knows exactly what he's, he's in this film to be himself. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was going to say, is he just playing himself? <clears throat> yeah, just, just David Duchovny. Like, is he an alcoholic? Isn't he an alcoholic? Is he off his head on meth? Is he not? We don't know. Does he like shagging? Yes, he likes shagging. It's David Duchovny, everybody. Do you know what I mean? And he's the only good thing in it. It's got Leslie Mann in it. That's Judd Apatow's wife. And she's been in every one of his films, and she's usually pretty good. She's shit in this. It's just, there's no, no redemption in this film whatsoever. I want you all to avoid it. It's full on. Half a star out of five. I think it's absolute trap. I don't know what critics wow. have seen of it. I don't know if they like it. I don't know if it's it's in the Netflix. I mean, it's top got 10. um, it's got IMD rate, IMDb rating of four point eight. <laughs> there you go. There you go. A th- thirty-five meta score. It's fucking turgid shite, and I hated it. And if that's my review, cash it in at the bank. Judd Apatow. I feel- 
just fucking I feel like stops. it's too soon for people to be making comedies about the pandemic mm. or about the like yeah as a as a world we've endured a two-year global trauma yeah like, it's a bit soon that's what like, most of the jokes were and i was just like Oof. do you know what though like even there, if there, there, there are there are plenty of things that you can find funny that happen within the pandemic like you know we all like if you go back and watch like you know everyone standing at the doorstep clapping and stuff like that like we all collectively lost our fucking minds <laughs> in the first couple of months <laughs> but it's a bit too soon to be joking about it yeah it, the jokes just don't land nothing's funny it makes it makes hollywood actors seem even worse than they already are and mm. i know the terrible people and a lot of them in general anyway and it just makes them babies they're like babies big babies and they've got like a, a pr team and a minder team that helping them and they've got people that are like their their assistants are like oh will you come and wipe my ass that kind of thing it's just oh, it, i hated it i hate it. don't watch it don't watch the bubble i mean i've warned you now so if you do and you come shouting at me on twitter on your head be it also the other thing slightly more positive i've been playing Pokemon Arceus, our Pokemon Legends Arceus. Thanks to Best Boy Kurt Lewin for sending me that over this week. That's a nice breath of fresh air, that game, isn't it? I don't know if any of you guys have ever played it. Nope. No, no interest. <sighs> so if you've ever played a Pokemon game, they're very cookie-cutter, aren't they? Little baby's first JRPG, turn-based battle type thing. They haven't really deviated much on that formula for the past, what, 20 years, I'd like to say? Longer than that. Maybe yeah. longer, yeah. This is a proper breath of fresh air. Um, off the bat, it's not a good-looking game at all. Almost ugly. I've seen a few people on Twitter saying, what are people knowing about the graphics for? It's nice. It's not nice. It's mediocre at best. It's like Minecraft with smooth filtering. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just not nice. The Pokemons look good. The environments look terrible. However, the gameplay is so addictive. So the loop is, well, I mean, the, the story, I don't really know much of the story because I've been skipping it, but what I've got to gist is the character you create falls out of the sky and you've got to then collect all the Pokemon. <laughs> now, luckily on this, you don't have to battle them. Um, you can just, basically, do you know when, back, back when, before we had the Pokemon, is it Sword and Shield? Yeah, People were saying, oh, we're going to get this open-world Pokemon game. It's finally happening. And we didn't. It was just a 3D Pokemon game. We've finally got that open-world game that, that the promise, where you're, you're skulking around in grass, you're, you're um, trapping the Pokemons against their own will, which they are monsters, so... Can't Forcing feel... them to fight in your favour. Yeah, you can't feel too bad. The monsters. Um, clues in the name. And it's all... Or are the humans the monsters all along? That's it. Was it beauty that killed the beast? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just a fun little distraction at the moment. Um, it's on Switch, obviously. And anything that's on the Switch is perfect because you can take it away with you anywhere. I believe, Gadget, you're one of the only humans in existence that keep it docked. Well, yeah, because I've got a big telly that I can play it on. So do I, but still. In my hand, in bed. Yeah. I also have like normal man-sized hands <laughs> and they, they cramp when I play it in handheld mode. So oh, I don't. Luckily, I have the hands of a small boy. Um, yes. But, and but that's you, what it says on your Tinder profile. It does. But yeah, um, I just I just think it's really nice. It's, it's, it's nice to be like, there's a lot of fashion in it. You know, I like to dress my dolls up. Um, 
yeah, it's just it's just a good game. It's hard to explain it. We are, if you've never played it, it's just imagine like one of these Cabela hunting games you know, when you're in the wilderness hunting, but you're not actually shooting anything. You're just capturing them in a humane way. You can still fight if you want, but pretty pointless doing it. And your Pokemon's all level up really fast. And on this game, do you know how the, these evolve throughout your choice? On this game, you can choose to evolve them when you want. And, yeah, the aim of the game is to fill out the uh, Pokedex. Um, I'm 34 years old, everybody. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. I'm about seven to ten hours in. It's just a fun old game, so mm. I recommend it to anyone. If, if, if you're in for a little bit of Pokemon Safari, take it, take it, take it with you. I've seen it. I've seen it as low as like thirty-five quid as well in some places now. So go for Enough. it. Next, we will have gadget. Uh, so it has been um, a week of continuations of things for me because you know Elden Ring still is a thing. And I just have no ability to let that game go or play anything else while that exists. So that's uh yeah. I looked up how far through I am, um, in terms of like the, the mandatory bosses that I need to deal with. I'm sixty-four hours in and I have done less than half of the mandatory bosses. Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've done one mandatory Although- one like main boss and I'm thirty-five hours in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like I've just been sidetracked with so much other stuff. Yeah, what 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 I'm assuming is, given where I am on the map, and I'm not going to kind of go into too too much detail because it's all spoilers. Um, I I assume that the the amount of bosses I've got to deal with, like, is the the density increases because you can go for a very long time between main bosses. Anyway, but so yeah, that's the that, that's the weekly Elden Ring report. I, I think I'll probably still play in this for another three weeks. Just or so finish it, man. Just, I'm trying. Easy. <laughs> Although to be fair, I have got myself so overpowered. I've got my anime death laser, and I'm melting bosses at the minute. Which is it's, people, it, yeah, people on, people on the internet are saying like it's so unsatisfying. That I think it's really fucking satisfying. You sort of line them up for the death. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> love mowing things down. It's my favourite. I start I started a new game on it the other day, and uh, obviously knowing where to go and what to do, I went and got certain spells and just started up in that sort of thing. And I was one shot in boss. I'm like, yeah, my turn. <laughs> it feels yeah. good. Feels good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I finished Kaiju Preservation Society. Really, really enjoyed it. Proper, e- easy to read, very funny book. Um, I-, I was reading the um, the uh, acknowledgements and um, authors kind of little essay thing at the back of it. Are we in it? And um, and John Scalzi, he-, he wrote something which I thought kind of really resonated with me because he, he was explaining like at this when the pandemic first started, he was in the middle of ri- um, writing like a really heavy, heavy dark sci-fi novel. And he just couldn't make it work, and he couldn't make it work. So he um, he ended up scrapping it about six weeks before it was due to be in, and that's when he ended up writing Kaiju Preservation Society, so he had something for his publisher. Um, and he, he described it, he, he, he described the book as, um, this is not, what's it, this is not an in-depth, beautiful symphony of a book. This is a three-minute pop song that will get stuck in your head for the rest of your life. I like, yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like it. I like that description. Uh, I, I watched Fast and Furious 6. <laughs> Great film, isn't it? Mm, enjoyable. <laughs> Moving a romp, on. A romp. Um, enjoyable. Well, after I finished Fast and Furious 6, and you'll hear that, that on Patreon, uh, I had to correct the world, so I watched one of my favourite films of all time. As a, as a rewatch, I've seen this like 10, 15 June. times. 
No, not yet. Uh, I watched Office Space. Oh, it's a great mm. film. What a good film. Uh, if you haven't seen Office Space, it's, um, uh, it's a 1999 American comedy film written by Mike Judge of Beavis and Butthead in King of the Hill fame. And it speaks to me because it satirizes office work life for a bunch of kind of software developers. And it apparently was quite the failure at the time. It cost yeah. $10 million to make and only made $12 million. It's, profit, it's become a though. cult hit. Um, so the story follows Peter Gibbons, who's played by Ron Livingston, who was, I think for a while, the 90s pretty boy. Um, we put it on last night and Pippa Meaty says, oh, he, he, he was in Sex and the City. Like, yep. Okay, wonderful. Great. Uh, <laughs> but he plays Peter Gibbons. Uh, he's a frustrated, unmotivated programmer. Comes into work every day, is utterly miserable. A bit like whenever I used to go into the office, quite frankly. <laughs> he slacks off, he's sick of his life, he thinks his girlfriend's cheating on him, he lives in a very small apartment with walls so thin he can actually talk to his neighbour through them. Um, and he ends up kind of in a, in a bit, in possibly a massive funk, and he, his girlfriend takes him to a hypnotherapist to see if he can sort his life out. And while under the, under the state of hypnosis, where Peter's going to like be chill about everything and not worry about anything at all, the hypnotherapist dies. So that triggers Peter to be, for the rest of the film, a little bit spaced out and a little bit, I don't give a fuck. He stops going into work. When he does turn up, he does things like destroys his cubicle so he can see out the window, uh, sits and plays Tetris on his computer. And all the way through the film, there's this kind of second through line that um, the company are trying to uh, streamline things. So they have a couple of um, efficiency consultants come in. One of them played by John C. McGinley, which is surreal to see him squeezed into a suit with a little moustache on it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and it's, it, it is just, it's a really funny film, especially if you have worked in an office, especially one, like for an older company, you still have a lot of the 90s practices going on. It is really funny. It's a really funny satire, and it, um, it makes me very happy to, to watch it, even just to the point where there's a, there's a running joke where, where a couple of side characters are constantly getting annoyed by a printer. Oh, yeah. uh, if you've ever worked <laughs> in an office so. with a dodgy printer. Yeah. <laughs> and you get the wonderful wonderful moment where they steal the printer and smash it up with a baseball bat in a field. <laughs> yeah. Which I've wanted to do to several office printers in my lifetime. Can I just say, in terms of printers, isn't it crazy how far we've come in the last like, 25, 30 years with technology, and yet printers, we've just never, ever been able to improve them, even now. I've I've, re- well, I've researched why we haven't improved them, funnily enough. Go on. Years ago. It's to do with the fact that we still use the same old fucking paper. Hmm. Also, also, printer companies are <laughs> just horrible people. Yeah, and they're horrible like, people. <laughs> like the, uh, I think, I can't remember, uh, I was reading something, it was on the register or something, uh, where Epsom are, are starting to put stuff in where the printer won't work if you don't put in Epsom cartridges. Yeah. So yes. you can't buy like third party cartridges. They've got chips on them, haven't they, to, to scan? Yeah. And they'll also stop working if you refill the existing Epsom cartridges. Yep. Like the, Epsom, the cartridges now report back when they're it's empty. It's a multi-billion so dollar working. industry. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, printers are awful. Uh, but this, this film is great. So if you haven't seen it for whatever reason, it is a little cult classic. It's very 90s. It's got it's a banging Disney soundtrack. Plus as well. Uh, I watched it on Amazon Prime, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's worth watching. And there is one last thing I do, want, I do want to bring up, and it's just something I was listening to today. This, this one will be really, really quick. So I've been listening to a podcast called Knowledge Fight, which is um, which is a couple of guys who have dedicated a lot of their lives to uh, taking the piss out of uh, Alex Jones's Infowars. Oh yes, 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 yes. Hence Knowledge Fight. Yes. 
So I'm not going to get too much into the politics of it, but um, so at the minute, yeah, let's not. <laughs> in, at the minute, Infowars are getting sued from a lot of places about the the whole all the stuff of Alex Jones said about Sandy Hook, um, and then but uh, they're also having depositions done with the, the stuff they reported around the Parkland shooting. And what Infowars had done was they had um, found that they had um, put out a load of reporting and basically identified the wrong guy as the shooter. So that guy got death threats and all that kind of thing. He is now suing Infowars. And so they're doing the depositions. And I was listening to this episode today, and the the, the article that had come out had said something like, um, uh, Parkland shooter is a, um, a communist who supports ISIS. Yes, kind of I remember thing. that. <laughs> yeah. So the lawyer is asking him questions about how he came to this conclusion, where he found out this stuff. And I just want to play a little clip from the episode where, he, where, they're, where they're asking about how did you know he was a communist, right? Here we go. So, we go. And honestly, you will, well, I hope you will, you will laugh at this. I was going to share my screen there. So uh, this leads to the actual discussion of the Fontaine photo that Kit included in his uh, article and in the in the uh picture it's marcel holding up his fist and he's wearing a shirt that if you don't pay attention to it might look like a communist shirt mm-hmm. um but it is revealed uh in this oh, no. in this next clip what oh, the shirt God. actually is Great. what does antifa stand for anti-fascist i think okay <laughs> what does everybody that's in antifa support communism I don't know. You didn't put anything about Antifa in your story, did you? <laughs> did you well, put the anything? Photo, in- the photo of Mr. Fontaine, if I remember correctly, looked like a communist shirt. Flip the page, it's in front of you. <laughs> it looks like a communist shirt. If you look closely, do you recognize that shirt as a parody on the Communist Party, where certain communist individuals that are famous are having a party. For instance, Lenin has a lampshade on his head. (laughs) Did you even realize that? No, I did not. You just saw a red shirt with the the hammer and sickle. And you said, gotta be communism. What a fucking That was my assumption at the time, especially considering his uh, fist like that. (laughs) Is somebody raising their fist like this? Has that been um, used for any other movements? Possibly, but in this photo, that combined when I see a red shirt with a hammer and sickle. Bam, gotta be communism in your eyes. Well, that was my assumption that it looks like something like a communist. <laughs> so, yeah, that is... Um, wow. That, it, it's idiots. astounding. If, absolutely fucking... So, yeah, if, if you have a random passing interest in the random right-wing shit that comes out, these people are fucking idiots. Listen to Knowledge Fight. Honestly, it's become one of my favorite podcasts because Dan and Jordan, who host it, they, they're doing God's work because they're watching all the episodes and watching all these... Dep- I mean, depositions are normally horrible, boring things where yeah. it's just lawyers asking people questions. And that, I mean, this episode is three hours 31 and I've laughed all the way through because <laughs> of the shit answers that this person's giving. Um, it's absolutely brilliant stuff to listen to. So yeah, if you've got any interest in kind of the American politics or just random right-wing fucking nut jobs, listen to, listen to Knowledge Fight. But uh, yeah, that's my week. Thank you. And the views of Gadget do not... Uh reflect the views of modern escapism. All political beliefs are something that you can choose to uh, believe in as long as it's left. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> as, as long as you can work out that, a, that someone wearing a Communist Party T-shirt <laughs> Look, might you wanna, not actually be a communist. You want to be fucking right-wing, guys? 
be right, we're on a different podcast. <laughs> there we go, there and that's it is. Po- that's, that's politics done with for the year. Stig, what have you been doing? Well, you thought you'd seen the worst film you've seen in the last have, five though. years. Oh, sit back. I'm sitting back. Because I managed to see Moonfall <gasps> this week. I'm desperate to hear what you think of this. My Roland God, Emmerich's is this Moonfall. Fucking garbage <laughs> from start to finish. Absolute dog shit film. Like I don't care if it's trying, if it's knowingly trying to be stupid. Like if it kind of knows, oh, we know we're silly, stupid films. The script, the dialogue, the plot, the premise, everything about it is just absolute crap. The characters are paper thin. The CGI is absolutely awful. There's, there is a car chase scene at one point for no reason whatsoever. It's just filler. It's just because we, we need to follow some human characters. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's because we need to follow some human characters on the Earth while they're doing stuff on the moon. Right, right, yeah. You know, we, we have to see the impact of what's happening to, to the do. Earth, don't we? Yeah. So it's just this car chase scene with all shit blowing up behind them. And it just looks awful. Really, really, really bad CGI. There is a huge exposition dump um, near the end, which tells you what the moon is and what's happening, and it is frankly laughable. It's a celestial laughable. body that orbits Earth. It's more than that. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> How big it is? It's not. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I'm going to have to watch it now. So I think Roland Emmerich thought he was trying to be clever and deep with this. He's not. It's just terrible. Hang on, uh, hang on, hang on. There are so moments- is it done in a serious way, the whole it's movie? Roland Emmerich, yes. The trailer's given... Yeah, yeah, I think... People say they thought it was going to be a parody no, I- or something. No, he's the king of disaster films, isn't he? I-, I think he thinks that he's it's onto poignant. something with kind of like, yeah, well, if you carry on down this way, then oh, it's The moon happen. will oh. collapse. <laughs> mm. Uh, but uh, who's seen 2012? Me, yeah, I've seen it. Another I watched it on Eric. a plane. Right. Oh, that's a great film that, to watch on a plane. I know. <laughs> but it's, st- it's still bad, but that's kind of fun bad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like, that's one that's yeah. a bit... Well, I enjoyed it for what like, it was. When he drives over the canyon and he comes out and you're like, kind of like, yeah, go on. This makes like 2012 look realistic. <laughs> it was same, same with the stuff like, that's happening tomorrow. That the stuff that's happening in 2012 is well, just... Kinda. Honestly, there's just I'm going to spoil this because I don't care. There is a bit where the Earth is cracking up is and this laughing? car jumps. They they they're in this car chase and they go, oh no, like obviously it's cracking up. So they jump to go over this new canyon, and then they kind of hit this rock that's falling in the middle, and then carry on on that and jump <laughs> off that to get over the canyon. <laughs> so they jump. Hit a fallen, <laughs> hit a fallen platform in the middle and jump off that to get uh, over. And I was just like, "Fuck!" Yeah, I'm off. well up for that. I am. Honestly, <laughs> I am. It, it's it makes it makes Fast and the Furious physics look realistic. Sounds better than the bubble. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's honestly. I just it. I was hoping for enjoyable, dumb, but it's just dumb. Yeah, because like, it's, just pure. You're shit. a bit like me, Stig, aren't you? You, you, you? you know, a film's gonna be good, bad, rather than just bad. And then yeah, sometimes they just, just are bad, bad. <laughs> I, re- I, re- I really just want to talk about what he's tra- what happens Why, in this just, film. Just, just, just spoilers. Spoiler. I'll, we'll put, put, I'll put the spoiler klaxon in. For the people that care. <laughs> for the right. Roland Emmerich stands. So, so if this was real, for just, just for example, if the moon was falling on Earth 
And it got to the point where it was touching mountains and city skylines. At that point, the world, mm. world is fucked, yes. right? Tide, tidal waves everywhere, volcanoes probably going crazy. The world's fucked. Not this. No, the, the moon literally skates across <laughs> the, the Earth's surface. <laughs> they save the day and it goes, uh, and then it floats back into its original position and everything's fine. Oh my God. And I, I, and I was just sat going, everyone's dead. Everyone at this point is dead. Yes. Like, <laughs> an extinction event. Yeah, it's an extinction event. Like, truly, everyone's dead. And But no. There's only oh, one director just, that can do extinction yeah. level events correctly, and that's Hideo Kojima. Mm. He knows Obviously. how to do it. Anyway, a, a few of the things I've seen this week before I got to my main one, I just had to rant about that one. Uh, I saw Death on the Nile. That's on Disney Plus now. It's really boring. I really liked really it, plodding. Uh, it's like too long to get going. It takes about 70 minutes before there's even a death. <laughs> yeah, then it that's kinda, true. <laughs> then, it, then it kind of races over the last half an hour to try and get the yeah. killer. The killer was obvious. Me and Kate guessed it straight away. I mean, that's not the film's fault. That's the source mm-hmm. material. Um, and But the, the he does an origin story for his mu- moustache. <laughs> Literally a five-minute five minute black and white Everyone cold opener about how he... <laughs> about how he got his mustache. I just woke up one day and it was there. It's an impressive mustache. Does he? Does he? Where did you get your merkin from? Do you think he just Let had some money you. left in the budget? Did you like Murder <laughs> on the Orient Express? No, that, I thought that was boring. That was all right. I like that as well. I like. Yeah. I don't know. I like Christie. I really do. This is dull as fuck. Really dull. I won't bother. It's a shame. Um, and one last one is we rewatched Soul, the Pixar yes. film. Oh yeah, um, Soul's really good. That's a beautiful. It's really film. good. Made me cry. Really, really good. Yeah, like I'd only watched it once when the Christmas day, it day came I out, it. and yeah, randomly my kids just put it on. The other day. It's beautiful, like, just, isn't it? And I sat and watched it with them. Yeah, I just loved it. Great yeah. film. Right onto the uh, actual the main event main thing this week. So uh, today I went to go see Sonic the Hedgehog two. Oh, you get that quiet. Hmm. So this is the follow on from. 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog starring Ben Schwartz as Sonic uh, James Marsden as Tom Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik Tika Sumter as Maddie and joining the cast this time we have no we actually have the Mm. Idris Elba is Knuckles and he should have been Chris Pratt he's doing everything else uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy is Tails I believe that she is actually the original Tails. Yes, yes. Voice actress. From the cartoon, yeah. I think. Both the yeah. cartoons. So this one takes place directly after the sec- the first Sonic. Sonic finds himself trying to be a hero. He kind of tries to take on a bit of a Batman-style persona, going out into the city and trying to stop crime. But in doing so, he kind of wreaks havoc, doesn't kind of really pay attention to what he's doing. And, you know, the... The, the robbers have little bombs that the, the pipe bombs are throwing out and Sonic's just like, yeah, just throwing Get them out like fast. that and it's just causing devastation and things. And while he sees him, yeah, I stopped the robbers, he doesn't really see the, the fact that he nearly didn't killed a lot of people. Didn't we go over that in the Avengers? Damage and... Kind of did, didn't we? Went uh, over the collateral in the Avengers, didn't we? Similar, similar to... plot thread. Oh, and no one's looking at this and thinking, that's just like the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. This is a kids' film, like the Avengers is. End of the day, <laughs> but um, yeah. It, so with this, obviously, at the end of the last one, the spoiler from the last one, Doctor Robotnik is kind of transported away by Sonic to a planet, and 
the start of this, he manages to find his way off the planet, and in doing so, he comes into contact with Knuckles and forms an alliance, because Knuckles thinks that Sonic has possession of the Chaos Emerald. So the whole film is about uh, Knuckles and Dr. Botnik trying to get to the Chaos Emerald before Sonic and Tails do. Which is the plot from Sonic 3, I believe. Uh, I Sonic. Pretty much, I believe. So- a big, yeah, I think Knuckles was like... He was a, the baddie in Sonic 3, wasn't he? wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's, if you enjoyed the first one, it is just kind of a continuation of that. It's just a really good kids movie. It's probably up there. I know it's not saying much when we say this, but it's definitely up there with the best super, um, comic video game gaming. I films. really like Sonic One. I think it was good. It surprised yeah, the fuck out of me. If you like Sonic One, oh, you'll like perfect. this one. It is very much a continuation of that. There are a few scenes in there that they are like purposely for kids. Like there's this kind of dance off battle <laughs> with these like Siberian tough is he doing men, Fortnite dancers, which is really Man. weird. No, it's, it's not actually. <laughs> Uh, Tails is really fun, has a lot of gadgets and gizmos that he uses. Uh, you get a kind of a lot of good s- things from the from the game. So, you know, Tails is, you know, driving a plane, that kind of flying yeah, of plane, kind of thing. Isn't the poster reflective of the video game cover or something? Some yeah. people said. Yeah, very similar yeah. looking, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of little Easter eggs in that. I, I quite liked, actually, the opening because it's Paramount. You know, with Paramount, the stars mm-hmm. go around the mountain. It's the rings, isn't there. it? But it's oh. the rings for this, yeah. And yeah, it's just kind of little touches like that. There's also little other things where you see um, like crabs in there, you know, like, you know, because obviously one of the uh, creatures that you kill on the game is a crab. And, you know, the there's hornets, mm. isn't there, in the game? Yeah. So there's like Dr. Bocknet's got like new robots that resemble that kind of thing. Oh, nice. So, nice touch. So there's nice little, t- yeah, nice little touches in there that, can, that do reflect the game. Uh, there's a moment where you kind of they're, they're almost in a Sonic level. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, so that was really good. Um, yeah, there's one kind of subplot involving um, Maddie's sister and her wedding and that kind of thing. It just felt like they were filling Maddie's time. Maddie's new, right? No, Maddie is uh, Cy- Cyclops' wife. girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or girlfriend, yeah. So yeah, that is a bit of a so there's a bit of a yeah, right. side story going on with that with that, which kind of yeah, it does feel a little a little bit like filler, but it, it's fine. It only takes up like fifteen minutes of the film. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I, I had a good good time with it. There is a moment in this which is genuinely a fuck yeah moment, and uh, spoiler alert: there's a third setup. Of course, there's a third setup. Good. If if yeah. this is as good as the first, bring it on. I bet they'll be churning them out. Honestly, bring it on. If you like the first, I don't see how you can like not yeah. like this. It's exactly it's exactly the same. It's the same kind of humor. Sonic's exactly the same, but now you've got Tails, you've got Knuckles, and Knuckles is hilarious because it's obviously Idris Elba's voice in this little red Akina thing, like, yeah, <laughs> creature. But he's so straight. You know, he, everything is literal. Yeah. yeah. There is a moment where um, Dr. Robot, that's one of the jokes where they've, they've ha- hacked Sonic's phone. They can see this text messages going between Sonic and Tom mm. and Sonic's and, and Knuckles is reading out the messages. <laughs> and then you know how, when you get a message, it says dot, 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 like you can see someone's typing. He's just sat there going dot, 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 <laughs> dot, 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 dot. 
Dot, dot, dot. Because <laughs> it's it's literal to him. He's not like... I like that. He, he doesn't get that that's like just... That. A, yeah, little things like that. I won't go spoil any other jokes that he does, but that's the kind of humour. You get this like really stoic, straight list. Uh, I do knuckles. like Idris Elba when he's having fun, not in Cats, because he's having too much fun in Cats. But like Hobbs and mm. Shaw is really fun in that. And yeah, I like Idris Elba. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and really enjoyable. I, I'm well up for the third yeah, one. Bring it on, man! Especially because I know like the. I might take the kids it. this week to see it. To be fair, because they enjoyed cinema last time. When we went to see Sing Two, so I think they've got a taste for it now. Mm. Mm. That's it. That is me. Brilliant. Done. Thank you, um, Biggie. Oh uh, yeah, so um, I'm hungover as fuck. Uh, went out last night. Um, so be struggling Have all day. Have a drink day. now. Have a drink now. You'll feel better. I went to a kids' party this afternoon. That was Oof. fun. <laughs> you oh, fucking no. idiot. Wasn't it Bouncy Castle, was it? Uh, you no. went out and got pissed knowing that you had a kids' party the next year. That is a schoolboy. Yeah, Take a little hit flask with you. Just, uh. But anyway, moving on from that. Uh, yeah, this week I want to talk about uh, the wallpaper engine. So, uh, Fuck no, off. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I actually watched, uh, bizarrely, the uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, me. And I actually, for all of Kenneth Branagh's screen chomping, um, <laughs> it was actually quite charming as a sort of Hercule Poirot. Yeah. Um, the cast, again, was massive. Um, and it is, yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? It's, it's kind of, it's an old tale. I didn't actually remember what happened when I saw it originally as an Agatha Christie's murder mystery. Yeah, because it, it was done on Poirot as well, the actual show, wasn't it? It's been on that, it's been on TV. I mean, you know, I'm older than you yeah. guys. There used to be a TV series that used to do oh, yeah? these things. I, I, I never knew the, the killer on that. Really? I yeah, I don't remember it at all. Mayer. We did it at school. Simon Mayer. I'd never seen it. So Simon Mayer was just like, well, everyone knows the killer. And he started <laughs> no. talking about it. I was just like, I was just like, skip, 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 skip. I was like, no, I, was like, I genuinely didn't know yeah, who we did it at school, that and Inspector Calls as well. We did Inspector Calls. I did Inspector Calls. I loved Inspector Calls. I, I love them both. I think they're both incredible. But I love, I love Agatha Christie in general. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, my, my wife and I sat down there and just sort of enjoyed it, really. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. It's an energetic mm. pace, but a classic story. The original Who Done It. Yeah, and uh, it is what it is. I agree with Oodles. I kind of enjoyed it. I, I know it's not the most exciting movie you'll ever see, but the cast are all very good at just trying to outdo each other and being all weird and outrageous. Yeah, chewing the scenery like they are at Broadway. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, West End. Absolutely. Like, oh, nom, 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 nom. I was chomping away. But yeah, I'll, I'll check out The Nile. Um, but I liked the, it, mate. The other movie that we did watch, which I do want to talk about, um, and I'm sorry, but I can't remember if any of you guys covered it or not, is The House of Gucci. We didn't really, did we? No, not yet. No, I've 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 got it. I have ready seen to watch. it. I have seen um, it, but I didn't. I wasn't impressed enough to discuss it. Oh, <laughs> so for those who don't know, it stars Lady Gaga, <laughs> Adam Driver, Al Pacino, and unfortunately Jared Leto. No. Um, <laughs> oh, do it properly. He does a Jared Leto. We'll come to that. We'll come to that in a bit. <laughs> so, this movie tells the story from the late seventies as Gaga's Patrizia Regani. I'm not going to do it. Um, daughter of a trucking service owner meets drivers Maurice Gucci at like a socialites party, yep. and after a whirlwind romance, they get married. And the story takes on that sort of Shakespearean tale as everyone involved with the Gucci family, um, their lives are all changed forever. 
Um, I think Gaga practically puts the screen in her handbag. She upstages everyone she's on screen with. She's a great um, actress, isn't she? Yeah, really good. I, I, I thought she was, was very good, but you can tell that she's going full pelt in this. Driver as well. I don't know if it's uh... really sort of straight and safe. Um, and even Al Pacino, of all people, almost makes it through the movie into this last scene. Then he goes all woo ha. Um, Hoo <laughs> But there is one Great person ass. who almost completely <laughs> derails the movie. And of course, it's Leto. I just. He's the, the worst f- thing to happen to Hollywood, mate. Yeah. He's fucking horrendous. I hate him. I he hate puts him. all of the great work that actors have made over the years in trying to deliver non racist accents. And then absolutely. I'm not a racist. <laughs> I absolutely. Racist. Don't, honestly. Punch the fuck of that off a cliff. It's just. <laughs> I, I don't get what happened to him because I'll stick up for it. In the in the mid two thousands, he had some absolute yeah, killer roles, and he was really good with it. Dallas Buyers Club, he's great in Lord of War. Uh, I believe he's he's good. Is he in Requiem yeah, for a Dream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers yeah. Club. He's really good in that. And then all of a sudden, he just decided, I'm just going to go stupid and over start the top a cult characters. He's still on started a cult, start yeah. a cult and just be. Yeah. Yeah. Literally said, say that maybe was... we are a cult. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't know what... He has Jesus just, hair, like Jesus a, beard. I just, think people I'm told him that yeah. he was going to be that new wave of, you know, the greatest actors of our generation sort of thing. Fucking I think maybe that went to his head. I don't know. Yeah, it's just... It's just weird. one minute he's like Super Mario in this, and then the next he's almost sounding like Rene from Allo Allo. I just don't get <laughs> oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> just weird. He, he's effeminate one second, and he's a buffoon the next. I mean, it's... It's all mm. over the place. I hate him. I think he's he's yeah. wearing yeah, yeah, just... loads of prosthetics and still somehow yeah. manages to look almost nothing like the man that he's supposed to be portraying. <laughs> yeah. And then I read the Empire magazine review afterwards because I was kind of thinking I kind of enjoyed the movie, but I just wanted to think: is this what I was thinking? And they said that Empire magazine said he looked like a character from a Batman movie, mm. and it's it's like just, penguin. Yeah, it's just. Weird. I just yeah, but the penguin looks good in the Yeah, not, not, not that penguin. Not even DeVito penguin. Like penguin, like um what's his name from the original Adam West penguin? Um <laughs> Yeah. Is it Bur- no, I forgot his name. Oh it's um, Bur- Burgess Meredith. Burgess Burgess Meredith, yeah, that's yeah. the guy. But yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, just 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 listen to a clip of just listen to a clip of him talking there. He does sound so much like Mario. And the thing is, like the clip I found it was um it's a conversation between him and Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga's putting on an Italian accent. Yeah. She is Italian, but she's good at it. Mm. But she's American Italian. Yeah, but, you know. She, yeah. But she's good if at you, the Italian it, accent. There were, I've I've heard a clip of the real woman she's playing, yeah. and then Lady Gaga That's right good. after. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. She's a good actor. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Jared Leto is not a good actor. I, and the thing that amazes musician. me, Jared Leto into things. And I, I think if we do a biggies in the future, the rest of the cast deserve a biggies award for the fact that they didn't back up when he was acting in front of them <laughs> because they managed to do it so much they're literally face to face with him at times in that movie and he's doing that accent I'm just like how are Did you, you hear about his, um, his rider on the on the actual set of House of Gucci where he demanded a gold leaf toilet roll oh fuck off stuff. <laughs> like, who the fuck do you think you are mate? also that would come that's off that's what he was saying he wanted to be in a different hotel and then he didn't want a trailer. He wanted to come straight down from his hotel with his entourage. Oh, I fucking hate him. Get him on the show. Let's get mm. him on the show. He is known for going um, full method, isn't he? he? And just basically yeah. just abusing his uh, his he's damaged goods. Yeah. He got uh, some nominations for his role. 
Screen Screen Actors Guild Award, outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting How? role. Jared Leto. Does he have something on these people? He's paying yeah, probably. <laughs> AARP Movie uh, for Grown Ups Award, best supporting. He also actor. has horrendous and heinous allegations that Hollywood has keeps sweeping under the carpet yeah. about his private life. That probably is true, knowing the man. I'm 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 really annoyed because the, 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 he's starring in a, a, a TV show about WeWork. Um, yeah, the, yeah. The slightly culty office. Um, it's on Apple TV, isn't uh, it? It's on uh, Apple TV. I just can't remember. It's him and Anne Hathaway in it, and it's just like yeah. I really want to watch it because I've listened to so many podcasts about it because I like that shit. I like hearing about yeah, businesses yeah. that are going fuck them. That's why I'm enjoying the dropout. It's like, but it's got Jared Leto in it, and I don't really want to endorse that anything. He's specifically in. why I didn't start <laughs> watching it when I was looking for a, when I was looking for a show to watch on Apple TV. I was going through everything, and that was one of them. I was like, I can't, I can't Leto. I just don't have the. I, I don't know. He's do getting away with his private Never go life. Full Leto. That's the thing. I don't know how he's getting away with. It. He must have some. He's putting money in people's pockets. I don't get it. Get him <laughs> off the screen. He is a terrible person. Um, I, I got. I got. Sorry, yeah. Biggie. What about the film? <laughs> say about the film. So <laughs> before we before we descend fine. into yeah, like, I mean, chaos, it, it is just that sort of. <laughs> it's, it's a drama. It's <laughs> inspired by true events. I'd I'd recommend it to watch if you can just handle the fact that he he literally ruins or literally almost ruins the movie because everyone else in it is fine. The story's quite yeah. sad at the end. Uh, the reveal, which uh, I won't necessarily say because it was quite an interesting reveal at the end of the movie. It was really sad to hear. D- 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 didn't the family say that it's like wildly inaccurate? Yeah, did they the ending? Possibly. They changed the ending for artistical reasons. That's what it says, or something like that. To make it interesting, make it for, interesting a film. for a film. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's one reveal up on the screen, um, which I thought was really sad. Um, but yeah, just, uh, yeah, it, it's one of those movies where the families all fall apart and if you can handle that sort of drama of a movie, it's interesting enough. It's well acted by everybody apart from one person. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. Excellent. Oh, and sorry, Ridley Scott directed it and he's like on autopilot. So mm. there's nothing special about the movie. The cinematography when was isn't... Ridley Scott's last good film? Yeah. Come on, cast your mind back. It's supposed to be uh, last year, wasn't it? Wasn't it that, um, that one with shit, Last Kingdom or something? Out. No. Last Kingdom's meant, yeah, Last Kingdom's meant to be brilliant. Yeah. I still haven't managed to get Before Last it, Kingdom. It's meant to be great. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's have a look quickly. Um, I believe he's, he's hit and miss ratios getting. The Martian. Oh, yeah, The like Martian that. is really good. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I suppose. So, suppose. what has he done? He's done The Last, oh, the last Duel. That's Prometheus is really good. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. So, apparently, Exodus, Gods and Kings, I heard, was bad. Yeah, shocking. Prometheus, obviously bad. Robin Hood's meant to be boring. Body of Lies was boring. Alien Covenant. I was on a producer on that, I think. Was American Gangster any good? Yeah. I can't remember. It, I found yeah, it, it really right. long winded, long winded. I wasn't that excited about watching the American Gangster for what I remember. I liked it. I think it was really good. Yeah. Well, I think before The Martian, there's a few good ones in there, but the, the best one. His hit ratio, that's what I mean. Probably. His hit to miss ratio is really. Black Hawk Down, 2001. Oh, yeah, Black Hawk Down's really good. Yeah, but that's like 2001 to like, what, 2017 for The Martian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He went on some rant recently as well, didn't he? Saying that Marvel's ruined cinema for everyone and no one's going to see He's his right. films. He's right, ruined it for me. Well, no one's going to see his films because there's a Marvel film out. It's like, well, no, people remember Prometheus. That's why they're not going. I do remember, I think, sadly, when he lost his brother, um, Tony Scott. I think that hit him quite hard. And I think mm-hmm. he dropped off he movies for a little while. But Tony Scott's ratio was better than uh, Ridley Scott's. 
<laughs> oh yeah, totally way Scott. better, yeah. way better ratio. But yeah, excellent. Maybe Ridley Scott is like eight, eighty-four yeah. now. Just, just give it in. Just is. stop. Have just retire for the last yeah. few years. Don't worry about it. Absolutely, you've done enough. Absolutely. Excellent, Candy. Come on. I've done two. I've finished one game and I started a new one this week. Um, so I finally oh, finished nerd. Horizon. Nerd, nerd alert! I finally finished Horizon Forbidden West. Um, so I just is it literally unplayable? Well, <laughs> needs more makeup. Yeah, definitely needs, um, needs more boobs. Now, t- technically, it's it's the gameplay is better in, than the original in every possible way. I think, and the graphics are probably the most beautiful I've ever seen in any game. Um, the side quests yeah. are fully fleshed out, and it has a really strong start. So about a third of the way through, it does suffer massively from a mid-story slump and only kind of picks up again in the last couple of hours of story. Um, so for me, about halfway through, I actually I just put it on story mode, which is the easiest setting, and just mainlined the story. And I yeah, I had intended to go back and play the side quests, but I just I just haven't. And I hate to say it, but it was just boring. It was a really boring game. Um, like it's really like need the side to go back on the to first game. Yeah, <laughs> and the side quests on the first game were just d- d- just didn't do anything. They didn't add anything. I fell off. I fell off that game because of the side it's, quests. I mean, I think it should have been a twenty twenty five. Yeah, I agree. Like, our linear, more linear experience with a few side. I nearly quests. got put that off the first game perfect. in the first ten minutes because Baby Aloy is Ooh, the yeah. most horrendous thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so yeah, she's creepy. But let, let, we don't I'm have joking. to suffer through that. Worse than the Twilight Baby. Oh, ooh, it's ooh. close, I would say. There, isn't it? It's she does. She does look like a rubber doll, doesn't she? It's, it's just awful. like it's, she's like nothing looks like, real. It's like Rost, Rost, come and the t- save me. I think that I think they just took like the adult face model for it and just shrank <laughs> yeah. it down. It's fucking. <laughs> they put a baby awful. filter on. I don't. On I don't. I, I like adult Aloy. I think. I think it, it, it looks brilliant. I, I've on record. Love her teeth and how shit they are. Mm. It's perfect. Do you know what I mean? But well, even like in the baby, in the like. new like when she's in a hotter environment, you can see her sweating. You can see like a visible Good. like sheen to her um, skin. And in the colder weather, she's a redhead. She can't handle the heat. <laughs> exactly. So I can't complain really, um, graphic wise, in terms of that. But no, the side quests were good. I just I couldn't be asked to go back and do them because the game is just boring like i said like the story was <laughs> off to an adequate start after a good start the story was adequate and it did pick up it towards the end but the ending was super unsatisfactory and it was basically just to build that there's definitely going to be a third one but it sort of made everything feel like it was everything i'd achieved in the game was for nothing um and some characters just woefully underused as well like this is one uh, character called regala who could be potentially brilliant and she showed up in the beginning. She was made out to be this, you know, big threat warrior woman. And then she didn't show up again till the last scene and just kind of, just kind of crumpled, um, just completely underused. Um, and I've spoken at length before about the bugs and glitches, all of which were graphical and not game breaking, but it got to a point where it was enough to be irritating. And the, the armor that I was using just insisted on popping in and out um, during cutscenes and everything like this this armor plate isn't the particular. isn't the game biggie award winning as well it, yeah for being literally unplayable <laughs> yeah, and for good reason go. so yeah ultimately I, um, I just i found it quite disappointing really so i wonder if it's going to be like the original because for me the original game wasn't i i only called it fantastic after i played the dlc because i thought the dlc was the dlc phenomenal. was incredible 
Yeah. I wonder if it's going to be, again, the same thing. I wonder if Gorilla, maybe Biggie's right. Maybe they should go back to Killzone and see what they can do. Well, it doesn't seem maybe like he's they're right. going to. I don't know. It's, I, I think they're going to go and straight long on. Time. They could I'd like to see what they can do with, with Killzone, like back to the trench warfare of the original oh. one. See what they can do with this like, PS5. Come on. Yeah, you say that, they did Shadowfall. Oh, God, it was so bad. Don't encourage us. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. So bad. Oh, God, it was so bad. Oh, I'm having flashbacks. I'm having PTSD. I've got a new shiny PS4. What game I've got? Shadowfall. This looks brilliant. When can I shoot? In three hours. (laughs) So boring. It was, it was. So, yeah, a bit boring, I'm afraid to say. But, um, from one Ashley Birch game to another, I started Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Um, oh, yes, yes. I've played me, this... me, and, me and Gadget are keen on this. Well, wait, hold up. <laughs> what? Ooh. So I've played this for about 10 hours, um, half as a, a solo campaign by myself and about half multiplayer um, with a couple of friends. Um, You've got friends other than us? Not that many, but enough to play Tiny Tina. <laughs> I wrote them into it, I paid them off. Um, That's three. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like, here, guys, I'll give you a free tattoo if you play a game of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the the game, the half of the game that I've played by myself, I have really enjoyed. It's like sort of standard Borderlands fare, so loot coming out your ears, Easter eggs, quips, um, and then oh, cut in with that, you've got sort of lots of Dungeons and Dragons style systems, which is fun, seeing as we're playing our campaign of us. Um, of our own, it is nice to see what actually is being used from Dungeons and Dragons. Although they call it uh, bunkers and badasses in the game, um, <laughs> which yeah. I'm into. Yes, because they're not allowed to have the rights to the uh, name. Cool. Other, can we can we change our? To be to be fair as well, for Mercedes, they have released bunkers and badasses as a D and D style source book. Like they've made the game into a real thing. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's that'd cool. be that's a nice. I could do a bunkers have. and badasses one shot if someone wants to let me let me take sixty pound out of the Patreon account because it's expensive. No, 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 we're fine. <laughs> Stick with a gadget original. Yeah, I prefer your your original works, mate. You're like a Tolkien of D and D. Truly is. Why? Because I'm cheap. Yeah, and you used to be a World War One veteran. Actually, it's the most known fact about me. <laughs> You've been in the trenches, you know. Top top of my Wikipedia page. Yeah, that, that needs to yeah. go in your bio now. <laughs> World War One vet. Not many of you will know this about me, but I used to be a World War <laughs> Anyway, can I talk about the game? Oh, sorry. sorry. Can you relax? Um. So, yeah, so you've got your... um. The levels, um, sort of Borderlands style. Um, but unlike traditional Borderlands, you do have like a world map, which is kind of Final Fantasy style, like Final Fantasy 7, 8, so you can travel around to each location by foot. Oh. Um, so And a few sort of random encounters as well on your way. And, oh, my God. Oh. So whilst you're on this world map, your character is just adorable. It looks like a little bobble head, so you've got a gigantic head. Tiny little bobble. Can you create your character? Yes, you can. Yeah, the character oh. creator is fun. So you get sort of... Um, a choice of maybe 10 different things of, of each uh, part of your body or whatever. But uh, nice. like Borderlands, as you go um, through it, playing it, you can collect things. You can cr- uh, collect dyes, hairstyles, masks, this, that, and the other. This, that, and the other. So it's pretty fun. In a first-person game. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. The gameplay is probably slightly less frantic than Borderlands. Um, the music is uh, nice and kind of medieval. 
Um, and I think it's sort of slightly less stylized in the cel-shaded way as well, although I think I'd probably have to go back to Borderlands 3 and just give it a quick burst because I might be misremembering. Um, Ashley Birch, always incredible as Tiny Tina, especially, like I said, coming straight from Horizon, it's incredible to see like what a range she has. Um, and I've got it, I've got, I'm playing it on the normal difficulty so far. The main quests have not been at all challenging, really. Um, if there is a difficult mode, I haven't unlocked it yet. Um, but the side quests, they are, they do seem to be a lot more of a challenge. And I think you would probably benefit from taking a couple of friends along, which brings me to the multiplayer aspects. Oh, no. It is fucking woefully undercooked in terms of stability. It's. Oh, oh, dear. Oh, oh dear. It is awful. It is really bad. Um, so the game is cross-platform. So um, what you do is you're able to use 2K's shift system to play with others on uh, different consoles. Known perfect system. It ba- it barely works. Um, so I, I was actually playing it multiplayer this afternoon. I played it for about three hours with um, uh, Asa Pearl and Mothram Deer, actually, listeners of the show. Um, who are playing it on PS4 and PS5. I'm playing it on Xbox myself. Um, it took us half an hour to try and connect to each other. Um, even when we did manage to finally connect, the, the chat system wasn't working properly. So, um, oh, yeah, so weirdly, actually, it wasn't so much a problem between um, the Xbox and, and PS5. We could hear each other fine. It was the PS4 to PS5 that was having the trouble. That's fucking stupid. It's ridiculous. So we ended up, like, luckily we managed to use Discord to chat, but that's not really the point. It should just work. Um, on our- And it's Sunday as well. Discord usually goes down on a Sunday. Yeah, that's true. Discord <laughs> You'd have been saved the day. Um, but we, we have played, we did a bit of, um, bit of a playthrough together a couple of days ago as well. Um, and even then, we really struggled to um, connect to each other via shift. It kept sort of appearing as though we were offline. And even now, I don't think they're showing as um, shift friends. Um, so I have to, we have to go sort of ask about Faceway to connect to each other. It's so complicated. I, just, I don't know. When you play Battlefield and EA friends list, and it's just like, what the fuck? We we on three or four of us are playing Battlefield PS Five. We're friends in our own fucking friends list. Why do I right. have to use EA to be friends? Yeah, but then again, you've still got to play Battlefield. It's fine. ridiculous. I don't understand why they do things like this. It just isn't necessary. It's some some companies have just got an exceptional netcode, haven't they? And mm. some just yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't is think it, they've tested it. If you enough. play Borderlands one, two, or three, and you're all playing on the same system, the multiplayer works absolutely fine. Mm. Not a problem. I think, is this it's twenty twenty two though. That shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this is the first mm. one that's actually cross platform, isn't it? I think yeah. obviously the last ones were yeah, multiplayer, but I don't think it was cross platform. Um, but yeah, it's, it's shit, it's, man. It's, shit. it's super shit. So. Yeah, it's dog shit. Yeah, so I mentioned we were playing it for about three hours. Most of the time was spent playing sort of a reasonably challenging, um, certainly a long side quest. Um, and we were making some some headway. We got to the final boss. Um, sure enough, I got disconnected, and this was about t- oh. ten minutes before I had to stop to start getting ready for the pod as well. I just I just couldn't oh, be yeah. asked for the half hour rigmarole of trying to get connected again. So, oh, it also suffers really badly uh, multiplayer with lag. Um, and I know probably some oh. of this is because one of us is playing on a last gen console, but even with a single player, um, so like I said, I'm playing on the on the Series X, so there should be no problem whatsoever. 
mm-hmm. but there's been some no- sort of noticeable pop in with the rendering of objects and stuff and some. Look, I've played Rocket League with my son on a Switch and me on a PS5. Not a fucking stutter. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think Borderlands is particular, particularly in graphics heavy as well. Like, a, fair enough, I don't really know how it works. but I was looking forward to playing this with Gadget, but at least he's, he's probably going to get it on Xbox and I'm going to be on PS5. So, But that hasn't proved this, the problem this yet. It's been just as much of a problem between PlayStation systems. Um. So, yeah, there's... We, yeah. We could wait for it to like be less raw. Yeah, we could. I'm wondering could, if a patch could. is going to fix it or not. It certainly might fix the rendering I'll be up for playing it as well because I'm a massive Borderlands fan. Yeah. I, 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 might the, the biggest... some, I might be able to solve some codes as well. The problem so, with Borderlands is there are generally issues when they launch at first mm-hmm. and they, they do have that pop in, pop out, the glitches, and they do get fixed. And when it's actually, like you say, not as raw, they're perfectly playable. And I do recommend, yeah. And I do recommend playing the campaign first and then doing the co-op because when you're playing with other people, you miss the jokes, you miss, you miss a lot of yeah. stuff. So if you really want to take that all in, do the yeah. main game. I first. watched it. I watched a, a review of it, and it looked really fun to me. And I'm not a Borderlands fan. I've I've played pre-sequel for about six hours. I've played three for about fifteen hours, and I just dropped off it. But I watched the the review of this and it looked more my cup of tea. It's got a little bit of a leveling system. It's got magic. It's got more melee. I mean, I know yeah. the melee is half cooked, but oh, it's much it's better in this one. Sticking. It's much better than previous Borderlands. Look, here's, here's the thing. It's I'm probably shitting on it too much because of the experience I had with multiplayer today. Um, yeah, but under those problems, it is a really really fun game. It's just it's hard to look past when a lot of people are going to pl- be playing it multiplayer, and everything's more fun when it's multiplayer. Are people actually, when there's so many games coming out at the moment, are people actually going to stick around and wait for it to be cooked before they start fucking mm, there up? Are, there are, there's the diehard Borderlands fans, though, that won't have any bad things said about it. Mm. Like, they are, they, they, they like, oh, they're, they're insane, some of them. Well, I mean, the DLC like I said, the game for itself. Borderlands sometimes was quite hit and miss. Mm. But when that Tiny Tina one came out, the D&D one was so cool. Because it, yeah, really it was really it funny. Good. It was really funny. It was really well done. Like, well, my my only issue is from a technical perspective. So hopefully, a couple of patches down the line, and we'll be golden. Because, like I said, there is a fun game when it when it's been working. It has been really fun, and the single player, despite the questionable load times, it has been really fun. And the jokes have been on point, and probably funnier than Borderlands as well. And it's just that little bit bit less hectic. So, so, so you won't be getting a migraine quite as quickly as you do playing Borderlands, I don't think. It's it's reviewed quite positively as well, so mm. I'm, I'm I've got high hopes for it. I'd prefer him to stick to this kind of thing than Borderlands itself, because Borderlands just didn't. I think didn't, two didn't was stick the best so far. Three was just a bit I, that's too the one I haven't played. I haven't played two, and everyone keeps saying play two. You'll like two. Mm. Mm. I've got it on Switch. I've just not touched it. So I think it's I think I've got it on Switch or PS4. I can't remember, but yeah, it was I just. Just look up the cast list for it as well. They've got a really good cast yeah. for it. Like the big, the big bad evil guys played by Will Arnett. Oh, people. fucking hell! He's <laughs> incredible at anything he does. And uh, Andy Samberg's in it. Wanda Sykes. Is yeah, Matt Mercer it's... in it? No, he's That's not. Actually. They missed a trick. Andy Samberg they is just playing Andy Samberg as well. Nah. That's all he plays. <laughs> he <laughs> does it very well. He does excellent, do the best Samberg. Brilliant, lovely, lovely Nexus from us all. And due due to my piss poor planning. We're going to continue to hear from Candy because I, it's a Candy episode, guys, and it's time for the, for the main event. So 
keep them going, kind of keep keep the boys happy. Keep going. Yeah, so today's subject, we are doing unpopular opinion. And this is just completely wide open, all-encompassing, whatever you want to talk about. So it could be a film that you love and everyone hates or vice versa. You hate it, everyone absolutely loves it. It can be toys, books, <laughs> literally. It's too much. Literally anything. Um, so I think, Gadget, what have you got for us? Um, are we putting his Gadget okay. rant hat on? Oh, is this... Maybe for this first one. Okay, cool. So for this first one, I've, I've been I've been humming an hour on about it because um, when we were planning it, I thought, ooh, maybe I could go team sports or football again. And I know Stig's got some <laughs> shit prepared to come back on that one, but I kind of, I've done that rant many times before and it's a satisfying rant. It's like a kind of rant where you need a cigarette afterwards. <laughs> it always ends with punching horses, though. It does. <laughs> Stop punching horses, people. Horses are nice, idiot, derpy things. Sequel to oh. Monkey Puncher. <laughs> but I, I did I, I did find one when I was kind of doing a little bit of research for some for some stuff for uh, for the the green room, and um, someone just pointed this out, and it's just like, yes, this is exactly my opinion. Will Ferrell isn't funny, <laughs> and he's never been funny. <laughs> okay, elaborate. He is the worst. Will done. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, no, he is the no. He so, Will Will Ferrell, he's he's the Nicholas Cage of comedy. In that he comes uh, in, he does one thing, and it's usually a shouty Will Ferrell. How now, bro? The only how? the only film I can think of where he's done any thing to act himself away from being Will Ferrell is Anchorman, and I do enjoy Anchorman because he is actually acting and playing a character there, which he then ruined with Anchorman mm. Two, which is one Let's of the worst films to ever exist. But every. Every Will Ferrell films after Elf, he has just done the Will Ferrell thing. He has been shouty. It's improvised comedy. It's usually the worst takes of, of anything. Like, people riff on Step Brothers all the time. I fucking hate that oh, film. No. Really? It's so bad. <laughs> I, I adore Step Brothers. Love it. I like oh, it. Oh, God, like it's it. terrible. There is one gag in that film, I in that entire nearly two-hour film that I like, Which and that's one? where the builder bunk beds. He jumps in the bed and it slams down on top of John C. Riley. Great visual humour. So humor. much so, room for activities. So much blood. <laughs> no, oh, the whole, no. Oh, the drum God, kicks. It's no. I put my nuts on your drum set. Fucking Talladega Nights was terrible. Oh, fuck of Glory Jacob was ben. terrible. It's good. Oh, fuck me. No, they are... They are films written by simpletons for simpletons. They are dreadful, lowest common denominator oh, humour. Dare you, sir? <laughs> I really like Will Ferrell, mate. No, and, I, I agree. He, he's very hit and miss, without a doubt. Have you seen his no, recent film, Get and Hard? And miss. Get Hard's really funny. With, um, oh, it's not. With, it is. Uh, that one looked a bit no, shit. It's, Other guys it's was really good, funny. With, what's his name? Little Man. Um, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, Hart yeah. It's really funny. I, I pissed myself all the way through that. Can anybody defend the Sherlock Holmes film he did? No! Never watched it's it. It's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. Eurovision was good as well. Oh, well, it, it, no, it, it was not. It was it good. Was enjoyed that film. A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. No. What is wrong with you all? I well, actually, it. to be fair, this is perfect because this is an unpopular mm. opinion because you all like him. I fucking can't stand him. To the point where if he's in a film in any capacity, I will just turn it off. I oh, really dis- dislike him. What about Jane Silent Bob Strike Back? He has a, f- uh, a two-minute cameo in that where he gets shot in the neck, so I'm kind of all right with it. <laughs> when he's like, let, let the couple <laughs> go. Such a handsome family. And it's got them, that monkey. <laughs> yeah. 
It's funny. It's funny. That's a fine looking boy I you have there. That's a fine looking boy. <laughs> it's a fucking elf is a Chris. Elf is a Christmas classic. It is. Elf's like, great. Literally, it's, it's, now, it's now in the pantheon Santa! of Christmas classics. I know. I agree. I like Elf. And the reason why I like Elf is because he is having to be reined into a character. Wildly different. Have you seen the yeah. other it's, guys? It's wildly different, and it's not it's not improvised as well. Like, like I said, 99... I, I think it's also... I, I just generally detest improvised humour in films. Yeah, have you watched The like, Other Guys? With, yeah, with Matt Wahlberg. Gator knows! Oh, and he's, 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 he's fucking slagging off um, his wife, and she's smoking hot. And it's like, oh, God, why'd you dress like this? And she just looks... Is it evil? It, no, what's her name? What's her name in it? Um, I forgot. Um, God, a uh, beautiful, beautiful woman. She was in Fast and Furious. Yeah, and, and he's like, why do you have to dress like a hobo when she looks absolutely <laughs> stunning? Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes, yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck, I fucking love the other guys. It's so good. And they give it. They I mean, give him a I'm, fucking wooden that's, that's gun. That's just doubling down on it because you got Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg in the same film. Yeah, but Mark Wahlberg's funny when he's funny. He's no, not good Mark when he's Wahlberg's serious. Never been funny. Do you know, actually, it, the funniest part of that film is the rock and Samuel when they jump off that building. <laughs> <laughs> and they're barely in it. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, it just I really, really dislike Will Ferrell. I find him unfunny. I, I find his. I find his his comic inclinations to be the worst part of it. Like I say, if he's given a script and he's told to play a character, like an elf, like an anchorman, he can deliver lines well. And he can be, he has good, he has good comic timing, but his instincts for what is funny, I, I don't like. When he's allowed to improvise around humour, when he's allowed to basically be told, go on, do your Will Ferrell thing. I just, I find him absolutely grating. I, Nearly it's, it, 90% it was the same. of anchorman is improvised though. They made a, they made a whole like sequel mm. to it. Due to improvisation, so I don't think yeah, I don't think your science uh, warrants that. I thought I, I thought Anchorman, <laughs> I thought Anchorman was heavily scripted. No, it was com- like most no, of it was I, there, there is like literally improvisation. There is two versions mm. of yeah. Anchorman because they had so literally. much improvisation and uh, an extra. They did scenes. a one point five film <laughs> due to it. <laughs> they made another Anchorman yeah. film with it's it's shit, but yeah, oh, the, 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 the improvisation. Okay, film well I'll, is I'll, shit. I can. I'll, I'll concede that one, but I guess, I, I guess with Anchorman, I think what works for it is he is playing a character. Mm. He is not just doing the Will Ferrell thing. S- supporting cast help as well. He yeah. really does. No, the supporting really cast do. are great in They it. really do, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's perfectly valid. Honestly, I, there, it's not just you. There are plenty of other people who hate Will Ferrell. I'm indifferent to him. I've, I enjoy him in a lot of films, but there's many things I think he's terrible in. Like, so I can completely. I think there's probably it. quite a Blades of Glory. Do you like Blades of Glory? Chad Michaels, no. Michaels. Oh God, I love that film. I think that's the risk <laughs> of being a comedy actor, isn't it? You're always in someone's firelight. If if your comedy doesn't suit everyone's tastes, you're you're going to be in the firing line for a lot of hate. I think um, Adam Sandler, Jack Black as well. He's he's another one that tends to. Mm. He's a bit of a love him or hate him sort of character, isn't he? Um, but have you ever uh, seen t- with, Jack, with Jack Black? I like I like I like Tenacious D. I don't really like Jack Black. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I can weird. understand that. Did you ever see um, Stranger Than Fiction, the one that's sort of more yeah. semi-serious film that he did? I did, yeah. No, but I've been told that he's really good. In yeah, it. I see. I didn't like it the first time I saw it because I was expecting Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell, and actually he's very kind of toned down, kind of a, a sort of beaten down kind of character. So it might be worth giving that a go and seeing what you think of him that's, in a that's, serious That's role. like with me and, and the film Funny People. I, I don't dislike Funny People, even though the star 
of the show. Were you seeing the drum off Shite. with uh, Will Ferrell and Chad from Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people cool. get them mixed up, don't they? Mm. And, um, him Gadget drumming doesn't. was really funny. <laughs> and he, he throws out that classic line when he does a little drum solo and he goes, wow, I've just blown my own mind. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I thought he was brilliant. I thought that was really good. I liked him on Saturday Night Live on the clips as well. He had some classic like ones, didn't he, on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. That needs more cowbell. When he used to do his cowbell one. When he used to do his George Bush. Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it is shit. now. Oh, Saturday Night Live. I, I totally agree with Stig on that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how people like it. It used so to be good. It's got a different yeah. sense of comedy, haven't they? Well, yes, yeah, so, yeah. So Will Ferrell put him in the bin. I really just a strong start there. Is most of his body of work. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I can understand. I can understand why you wouldn't like him. I disagree, but I, I understand. Valid. Stig, who you got for us? Or what you got for us? Um, this is going to be a really uh, difficult one for you to hold stomach because despite what I've said before, the more I think about it, the more that I've like looked into it and I've rewatched these films, I think Zack Snyder's Snyderverse is a cinematic masterpiece. I've been saying it all along. Oh, so this is what a stroke feels like. <laughs> I've been saying it. <laughs> <laughs> is it fuck? It's bullshit. I just caught you out there. I was going to be sick. My... Oodles, Oodles just exposed himself. I've no, told I, you it, about it's... how I love the uh, Justice What's League. his opinion, though? <laughs> it's wank anyway. That's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> I want to talk about something that I really enjoy, which seems to get a kick in, including from people on this podcast previously. I really like will always like and enjoy watching Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm-hmm. You know it's true. I think it is such an enjoyable film, despite its dodgy history, despite the dodgy geography and even dodgier accents. <laughs> I think that there's so much to love about this film in terms of just uh, an enjoyable romp of a, like, I think it's just... Re- Historical I, epic. I even like, I even like the Brian Adams song. There, I said it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I've never seen it. I think it's it's what uh, really yeah oh and this 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 could stem from watching it as a kid enjoying it as a kid more likely does but it hasn't tainted my enjoyment of it. Um, I think obviously for starters it has great bad mm. guys. Alan Rickman is the sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, Absolutely, Mister Hood. Does still, <laughs> yeah, he's dripping with menace, ill intent. He's unbalanced. There are, apparently, um, he had to tone it down because they thought he was yeah. stealing the show. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a anywhere. accent, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, none of them have the proper do. accent. <laughs> Accents are all over yeah. the place, but who gives a yeah, shit? Like, I, I, that does not bother me one bit. Um, I um, it, Like, the, the witch, I always found her mm. quite scary when I was younger. Same. And I, even his, like, kind of cowardly cousin is, you know, he's a bit, Snivelling cousin, like I always like. I just think that as together, Guy of Gisborne, that's his Guy name. Of Gisborne. Yeah, um, I just think as a collective, all the bad guys in it are really, really good. Like they, they just work off each other so well. The rest of the supporting cast, uh, the guy who plays Friar Tuck, uh, Mike McShane, I, I think he's a brilliant Friar Tuck. He's really funny. Uh, little John is really good. His wife is, uh, his wife is hilarious. Um, and Morgan Freeman, like. What about um, is Christian Slater? Just, Christian Slater is <laughs> not um, part of the good story. Is he Will Scarlet? <laughs> he's Will Scarlet, yeah. He's Will Scarlet, yeah. Oh, Will Scarlet, yeah. What's he doing Will recently? Scarlet. Yeah. 
Drugs. Uh, adverts for yeah. HP. Bring back Slater. He's doing corporate Slater. adverts these days. Hi, I'm Christian Slater. He did the uh, the Sabre printer advert on The Office, didn't he? <laughs> Which is why it's really funny that he's doing printer adverts <laughs> now. <laughs> Christian Slater. Um, yeah, there is it's quite a dark edge to it for a PG like family. Is it a PG? It's, yeah, it's I got it scenes like of men getting their hands chopped off, lots of countless arrows flying into bodies, stabbings. Children hanging uh, as well, wasn't there at one point? Yeah, it's like as all good children it's, should. There's, there's magic, like witches with magic and everything, and she's like there's that, that scene where she gets like stabbed yeah. by Morgan Freeman's character, and she's just like. She looks so gruesome and like just like I think she's like um like spit and that like kind of dribbling mm. from her yeah. mouth as she dies and like for like for like for a PG film, like it's you know, it's pushing the limits. I don't mind it um, at all, mate. I'm kinda with you. Do you know it's it's and similar to the like Braveheart and stuff like that. I don't really like Braveheart, but I like this. I do like Braveheart. Mm-hmm. I really like Braveheart to be fair. Yeah. But I think that the strongest thing about this film is the action scenes. Yeah. I think it's packed with absolutely brilliant action scenes. The uh, the attack, the sheriff's attacking the Merry Men compound. There's uh, the flaming arrow attack is, is, is great. Um, the, there's a lot of it. That's like just kind of full of chaos and tension. Like when they as well, when they, um, when they're just about to be hung and all of a sudden like Robin and the Merry Men kind of save the day, like the last minute and all that. It's, it's just, it's a swashbuckling blockbuster. It's really good fun, and I will not apologize for enjoying it. It's a five, four out of five nice. film for me. It still looks good for for its age as well. I think. Yeah, but it gets a kick mm. in. Yeah. One good thing about Prince of Thieves is that we got men of tights out of it. <laughs> yeah. Women, <laughs> <laughs> women in tights. I think probably oh, a lot of people can see us, um, Robin Hood having an American accent. I think that's probably why. Certainly in this country, it probably got panned. It's not even an American to, accent. To, to it's be, the weirdest accent yeah. I've ever heard in my life. I, to, 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 to be fair, Christian Slater's accent is more egregious mm. in it because, like, because exactly, it's like that. It's like I don't like Kevin Costner playing Robin Hood, but fine, whatever. But God, every time um, Will Scarlet's on the screen, I want to punch things. Robin, we've got to go. <laughs> I, I, I have I have a particular distaste for the film, mostly because I, as part of my music A level, we had to do the music for this film because of Michael Kamen's score. Because it is an expertly placed score, but it's like the bubblegum of uh, big movie scores. You know, it's like, it's very, it hits the numbers every time. It's like point perfect. He's out here. This is action. This it's, is, when, yeah. it's when when you show yeah. me that little. Bring in the motif, that bring that in all this uh, and all that. Fact nugget where the Brian Adams song is not actually in the film. It's... No, it's not. It's 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 not in the film, and, and Brian Adams didn't. Brian, the melody, the da 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 da, that was written by Michael Caine. Yeah, he took that, didn't he, for the song? Yeah. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, but it's in the music video. I think it's called Robin Hood and stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. it's got so, the arrow. So by association, yeah. by association, I don't even. It probably mind plays the song, in the tra- like, in, in the credits, doesn't it? But... It plays in the credits, yeah. <laughs> he knows. But, um, he knows. <laughs> but yeah, I had to watch the film about fourteen times in two months. I've told you, I had to watch Titanic loads well, at school. There I you go. It. I would, I would probably hate it if I had to do something like that. <laughs> but it just, it's a general film that uh, gets a, a panning from lots. I like of people. it, mate. It's better than Waterworld. I like it. I j- uh, do you know what? Just about to say, I quite like Waterworld as well. <laughs> Waterworld really? is better than people say it is. It's no, yep. it's not a good film. It but is. It's better than people say it is. Mad Max on jet skis. Let's go. There's still a Waterworld What's ride at like? Universal Studios. I mean, Universal I must still be like really hanging on to Waterworld. And Dennis Hopper's just, getting, I, I, getting I, I, that money. You could do a good Waterworld film. Just, yeah. 
it could just be better. But I no, I don't like. I don't. You should mind get Waterworld Denis Villeneuve to do a, a, a remake of Waterworld. See what happens. To be fair, I'd watch that. I want the shit out of that. Nineties Costner films. <laughs> Kevin Costner. Maybe I should just. Maybe I should have just said Kevin Costner. People just fancied him, didn't they? You like the Postman? I've never seen that is one, but I like. Uh, mm, I think yes. so. Yeah. I like Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams is good. Field of Dreams is good. Yeah. I don't. Know, I think. I just can't imagine enjoying Prince really of Thieves new show. without having Alan Rickman in it. <laughs> like with, with Rickman, and it's it's a three out of five for me. But without. Yeah, but you could say that about any kind of film that's got a central Harry performance. At, like, oh, let's take someone out of like a, you know, the, I don't let's know. Let's take Hans Gruber take, out of Die Hard. Yeah, let's take Hans Gruber and yeah, and Bruce Willis out of Die Hard. Replace him with Will Ferrell. Film. Like, you, you, you yeah, can say about anything. I mean, really. <laughs> I don't know because he's a supporting member, he does isn't steal he? The show. he do you know what I mean, he is the he is the. Yeah, but in in the Robin Hood mythos, the, in the law. The sheriff of Nottingham steals the show anyway. He's the he's, he's the Darth Vader. He's the baddie. But is a film that good if it relies on just one person or one character to to hold it up? Have you ever seen John Wick? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that was all about the dog. <laughs> you know it. One man. It's not the dog's in it for the first five uh, minutes. It, here's a, another Cosner film that I thought I quite like: The Bodyguard. Oh, oh. I hate yep. the Bodyguard. It's a rough film. Man. <laughs> I hate it. It's problematic as well. Oh, um, what else has he been in? Dolly Parton, um, even yeah. richer though. He did really rich, and she deserves uh, every Untouchables. Untouchables is good. Yes, there you go. There yeah. you go. Kevin Costner. So, yeah. Maybe just Ke- mm. Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah. What was other than Batman versus Superman? Because his character is stupid. <laughs> and so is as, as 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 dark and. Mm. Yeah. Don't don't yeah, save allowed. don't save me, bro. Don't don't, don't don't save me. No one's allowed to see me. who you are, despite the fact that you can go faster than the speed Clark, of light. Even though no one will see, yeah, <laughs> even though no one will see this, Clark. Don't save me, yeah. idiot. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, moving enough. on. Biggie, who have you got? What you got? What you bringing? Oh dear. <laughs> Kill zone. <laughs> no. Um, what I have done actually is shut down my notes. Hold on a sec. You sausage. <laughs> he's, just, he's back up. Yeah, he accidentally opened Netflix gonna, and got angry. Just to let you all know, listeners, he's going to Windows viewers, down. He's got a new I'm laptop. This is new back, to it. I'm back. Here we go. Okay. So, ready for this. Cakes are not as good as people think they are. So, point in question. I've just come End back. End the podcast now. <laughs> I've just hey, come you know, back. Stig's 50% from... cake, 50% crisps. Yeah, <laughs> I've just come back from a kid's fifth birthday party. During the food party, a standard kid's birthday cake was brought out. I like with candles. What's your problem? You said standard. And boy stuff decoration on it. And after the trademarked birthday song and candles were blown out, the cake was sliced up and given to the kids, and no fucker liked it. It was your typical Victorian sponge affair, which was pretty dry, but split in the middle with some jam and cream combo and topped off with that sugary, sweet, sickly icing. The spectacle of the birthday cake I get, but the product itself, it's wank. And the same goes for wedding cakes. These overpriced, huge work of art structures are accidents waiting to happen as the newly wedded temporary happy couple indulge themselves with cute co-op slice caking, slicing his hilarity as the cake is stuffed into the mouth of the other or smeared all over their face. Said cake is then served around the friends and families as the guests whisper to each other 
as they guess how long the couple will probably stay together. Black Forest Ghettos, <laughs> Christmas Cakes. Hang on, hang on. Carrot, hang on. carrot Cake. I'll do it. Hello, it's got go. vegetables in it. Cheesecake. Slice, <laughs> slice of diabetes, anyone? Anyone for lard cake or goose fat crumble? There really is no other horrifying sight than of a huge lunch or dinner with nibble starters in a heavy main course. For the old people to say, I'm sorry, I couldn't eat it all. I'm full. That was too much. And then to suddenly say, I've left the room for dessert. And then they've had their eyes on what they've seen from the beginning. They're not interested in the healthy stuff. They just want that Battenberg bastard. Watch as they try to talk as the nuggets of cake fall out of their mouth and they're like the shrunken gum. They lick their shrunken gums like a sex goblin. Oh, you want a bit of ice cream as well on the side? Fuck's sake. Cakes are just overindulgent for self-indulgent people. People are even decorating cakes for birthdays with chocolate bars and biscuits. If there wasn't enough calories in a cake already, here's some heart disease on top for you. Here's a cake I've made for you. Really? If you've done all the sponge and icing and you've just gone and bought a box of Cadbury's fingers and stuck them all around and topped it off with revels, you lazy shit. Fuck off. <laughs> and finally, at the opposite <laughs> end of the scale, you now have cake artists who are using their incredible baking skills to create cakes that look like everyday objects. Whilst I too am impressed by this sorcery, imagine living with someone who does that and has the paranoia of expecting every object around their house now to have a 50% chance to turn out to be cake. <laughs> Do you wander around with a knife, gently stabbing things, or do you just or do you take a risk when going for a dump as you reach over to the toilet paper to find out it's being replaced with a passion fruit and pistachio concoction? Your child has a nasty accident and you reach over to get the first aid kit and all you get back is a fistful of frosting. Cakes. Fuck off. Biggie, is your villain origin story, Biggie, that you got lost in a cake shop once? It has to be. It is. It has to be your best monologue ever. Thank, thank and I'm you. sorry for trying to interrupt it, but there was a moment in there where you said something about wedding cakes, and I distinctly remember you showing us a picture of you Eating doing the exact cake. same thing in your wedding. Exactly. So I just had a quick, exactly. I just had a quick all, hop onto your Facebook page we're here. All guilty of it. Mm. We're He's all got an cutting and cakes. <laughs> the cutting and chomping of the cake. Mm. And there you are, about to feed your wife some exactly. of the cake. Are you a Exactly. Are you a liar? No, not at I all. Think you're and a liar. You know I, think what? A, I think you're a bad husband. <laughs> But you know, I generally <laughs> not really someone who hates cake so much. You force it into your wife's mouth just to keep it quiet, Mrs. Biggie. But no, just generally, I, I'm not a fan of cakes. I just find them really heavy, sickly. Um, just not. You've if been eating the wrong saying, cakes. You want cake. I'm just generally like I fucking no. love cake. It's just not. You for know, me. you can't say no to cake. I know. If someone I, offers you. I one. do. I do. Do you know, I, do you know what? I generally do. I generally do. But I know there are certain yeah. cakes you like. I don't mind a bit of cheesecake. That's not really a cake. Point, that's yeah. more of a it's not a cake. Of, cake. Just a pudding. It's a cake. Isn't it? It's got the word cake in it. It's cake. It's, yes. <laughs> so it's yellow cake. cake uranium. Other cakes is, is, are is officially that a cake. Cake? <laughs> I do like a jelly cake. Yellow cake, cake uranium is even better. Get gadget. You can't eat that. <laughs> You'll die. But yeah, cake. Funny thing is, Kate's Kate just made a lot of cakes today for a school bake. Yeah, bake off, and obviously I will eat the uh, leftovers. I think you just I like cake, but cake not as much as the next man. I mean, look at me. I don't like cake that much. You don't eat anything. It's you don't like anything. cake. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can, oh. Do you hate cake or do you just hate fun? <laughs> <laughs> you got done then, mate. I don't know, but like I say, I don't mind 
just the little bits. The thing is, though, we've got a narrative here. Stuff, it's just, we've got a narrative here, Biggie. Your favourite game's Killzone. Your least favourite food's cake. You don't like fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can I have you say, my cake and uh, eat it, too. Your wife's like, what do you want for dinner? You're like, I'll have a cream cracker with nothing on it. Do you know what? She, it's she the, last, the last three years, she's made chocolate cake for me for my birthday, and I don't eat it. <gasps> He's whispering, he's whispering. To- I love how he had a little look around there, yeah. make sure my door's shut. Everybody else eats it. I just have a little nibble of it and go, yeah, it's really nice. Love I fucking love a good moist chocolate. Yeah, with cake. a cup of tea. <laughs> tea and no, cake. Tea. Tea's, tea's crap. No, tea and cake, no, it's the perfect, opinion. Oh, perfect partnership. Yeah, can, I get, can, get, can I get a nice chocolate fudge cake, stick it in the microwave for, tw- for 10 seconds so yeah. it gets a bit melty in the middle? Yeah, ma'am. Mm. Yeah, ma'am. A bit of ice Red cream with it as well. Ice cream, ice cream. Vanilla ice cream. The ice cream starts to melt. Yeah, that Cornish clotted vanilla ice cream. Yeah, oh, yeah yes. I agree. Um, cake's nice. It is an indulgent, oh. it is an indulgent food. It's something that you should have once a month at the very, very most. It's a symbol of happiness as well, isn't it, cake? I don't even have it once a month. I just love a cake. I, I uh, one time me and my friend when years and years ago, um, I think I may have told this before. I don't know if I have to you guys, but um, he used to have two PCs in his bedroom. He just bring his dads up to his room, so we'd play like multiplayer stuff all night. Yeah, and one night we just literally we bought a birthday cake from Tesco's. Kids, big yeah. birthday well, cake right, meant so. to serve like fourteen, sixteen people, and yeah, and we just sat there with a knife, just taking slices of the cake <laughs> all night. <laughs> that was. Eating this cake, we finished it off, and then they made love until the <laughs> early morning. Do you know what? My, my wedding cake oh, was mango and passion not after all that fruit. cake. Oh no way! It was really nice. <clears throat> cake, is, yeah. yeah. You, your wedding cake was nice. Yeah, it's a mango. And passion oh, here fruit. we go. It was really nice. So you've just been go. eating the wrong cake. It's not cake in general. It's just you've had bad. No, cake. but again, I no, but again, I only had a little bit because I just find it really too heavy. What about really a bun? Really, That's really just do. a baby cake. Huh? Hmm. A bun is just a baby cake. <laughs> it's true. Baby like buns. Cakes. Yeah, cake. Huh? Can do one. Do you like muffins? Yeah, muffins. How do you feel about muffins? Uh, they're all right. What about a bag of crisps? Oh, yes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> what about a French fancy? Ha ha ha. Oh, There's a few of those in my time. <laughs> I bet you have. He's <laughs> got one in every, every dock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. I'm not having it. No. I'm not having it. Mission denied. Oodles, what have you got? Bald men aren't handsome. I'm joking. Oi. I'm joking. <laughs> I see it a lot, actually. I'm, I'm joking, by the way, but I see a lot of people saying, oh, God, aren't bald men handsome? Mm-hmm. I don't get that either. That is a weird uh, thing. It's one of those things. It, to... it, is, it is said, though, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think but hair well, relates to handsomeness. That's the right head for shit for it, though. Like, <laughs> I think it's the face. Yeah, it, it does suit certain people. Imagine Jason Statham with like a head full of like an. Well, I was, I was, I was, I was about to, I was about to say though, Jason Statham. People are like, like lots of people say, isn't he gorgeous? Now look at him. I think he looks like a fucking bulldog. It's same with Mahatma Gandhi. He wouldn't have been good looking if he weren't bald. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but like Jason Statham's got this really dog. small face and giant head, and that's the only time in history that Matt McGanny's been compared to Jason Statham. <laughs> he looks exactly like him. Come on, your mind goes in strange places at times. It's the first bald person I thought about. He was him or Yoda. Do you know what I mean? I was one or the other. Yoda's <laughs> well, got a little bit of hair. He's got a wisp. Not, not the other famous bald man in Star Wars, Samuel Jackson. Oh, that guy, yeah. Go there. Handsome, handsome. But that's not my unpopular opinion. I was kidding. My unpopular opinion is mainstream lager is beer for people that have no taste buds. So, 
Is that popular? It really is. I think it's pretty well accepted. <laughs> Listen to the facts first. Seven out of ten most popular alcoholic drinks in the UK are either Foster's, Carling, Carlsberg, Coors Light, or Stella Artois. This is they fucking in the bin. worrying to me. These drinks are basically oh, fizzy water, and in most places, breweries allow, I've done the facts as well, allow for up to 60% dilution with water on all lagers on draft. With IPA stouts and other beers and bitters to allow no more than 20% dilution on a barrel, which is worrying again. The number one mainstream lager in the UK is Carling, by a massive margin. A flavour so muted and watery, it's barely a fucking lager. It literally tastes like cold, wet barley. It's brewed by Coors, and in a blind taste test done by Brewers Magazine, every single blind tester could not differentiate the difference between Coors Light and Carling. And I am an expert I, on beer. I could. I drink every single day, and I've got a problem. So <laughs> I know when it comes to alcohol that I think lager's crap. Um, if you want to drink something light and refreshing, drink Pilsner. It's basically lager plus. Um, or drink a non-mainstream lager from an up-and-coming brewery, brewery that care about the craft and want to give you that refreshing light quality that lager is known for. Vote with your wallets, people. Stop drinking mainstream shite and opt for something with more clout. And here's my top three recommended lagers. You've got Hertog Jan, Carlsberg Keller Beer, Carlsberg with a K, and Thornbury Pickup number 26. Now, I don't know what you guys think, but I hate seeing when people walk into a bar and they go, they look around the bar and they go, Coors Light, please. The fuck is that about? Have you got any taste buds? A quick, nice... Refreshing drink. Drink water then. I'd, no problem with a cause light. Yeah, because you've got no taste buds. No, I still drink. I don't. When I go into a bar, I'll drink mostly do you, like. Do you ale remember? Or something, do you remember? It was in the kind of the mid two thousands where Coors did the um they did the ice taps. Yes. Yeah. Where you where it was it was like it was like if it takes like what twenty seconds to pour a pint, this one took two and a half minutes. Yeah, so it was like the, a thing where you put the glass in, freezing, wasn't it? Yeah, you put the glass in it, like sprayed it down with ice cold water, then filled it with crushed ice, and then your beer. And I remember one of my mates going to get one of these and coming back, and he's like, "Oh, very refreshing." And we looked at his beer about thirty seconds water, later, and all it? the ice had melted <laughs> in it. And it just it was water. lightly brown water. He was putting ice. <laughs> in... It was a thing. It was massive. Yeah. It was big in summer. It was, it was a thing. Ice it was in, a beer garden in, in cider, but not in a lot. The, the worrying thing yeah. is that brewer, breweries allow sixty percent, sixty percent dilution. That is more water than beer, than lager. You know what I mean? There's some great pilsners you can go out there and get, and the crisp and the refreshing, and you still get that lager kick that you want. That, do you know what I mean? Everyone knows that lager. Ooh, ooh, that freezing at the back of your throat, that lovely kick. Why are people drinking Carlsberg, Foster's, and oh, yeah, I totally shine, agree Carlin? That. Did you say I it was Carling think... that was the most popular? Yes, number I'm one. I'm really surprised at that. But then I, I guess do you think it's maybe because the UK the obviously do you think Why? it's because they sponsor like Reading and Leeds and stuff? It's just like the I just only think thing people that's available. Have got no taste. <laughs> oh yeah, I went to Cheltenham and you, you literally had a choice between Guinness and Carling. That was it. Yeah, that's bollocks. So like, so if you don't like Guinness, you're kind of left with just but Carling. It's the same no like option. Guinness is a mainstream in England because it's not the right Guinness, is it? It's not the proper Guinness. That you know and that, that people know and love the Irish stuff is the real stuff. It tastes completely different. Yeah, it tastes the same. I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of people just accepting. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just you. I've got a pal. He is obsessed with Stella. He just gets Stella all the time. Like, I hate Stella. It's dude, so chemically. Just drink something else. Oh, like it doesn't taste nice. And no, no one, no one, you're thought, a kid. 
when you're a kid and you first try your, un- your, your Uncle Nobed's drink, my first drink from my Uncle Nobed was a Carlin. I was like, oh, I'm never drinking, that's disgusting. And to this day, I still do not like Carlin. I think it's horrendous. What's, what's your thoughts on a Moretti? I like a Moretti. It's a little bit different. Yeah. It is mainstream, because it's, it's a little bit different. It's a mainstream that's, that's, lager, though. Just, yeah, that's what I drink in the pub. It's, it, Peroni? It's Peroni. Peretti? Yeah. That's lager just, a long time ago because of generally that. And nowadays, it's shite, isn't it? there are it's better water. choices. But as soon as I discovered yeah. ale from a friend, I was and I know just like, everyone knows me. I'm a I'm a I'm a dark beer type of guy. But it's not even just that. It's just it's same with side. Like, why are you getting a strong bow? Mm. Yeah. Why? Why they are you do doing it. this to yourself? Oh, when I was younger, why are you getting a woodpecker? You're gonna need twelve pints of that to even get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> no alcohol, in, barely any alcohol. In. I know it's not all about getting. I'll never baby share. It's just, you might think, oh, it's not an unpopular opinion. Everyone knows this. Well, why aren't they doing something about it? <laughs> because <laughs> most of the people who would respond to a survey like that drink at Weatherspoons, and that's what Weatherspoons sell for cheap. Yeah, but Weatherspoons also has examples of local breweries doing special beers and brews and stuff. Yes, but Weatherspoons is also the voice, pe- the, the, uh, the mouthpiece of Tim Martin. <laughs> yeah, and the voice of the nation. propaganda. <laughs> Yeah, it's price. It's purely the reason is price because if you go into a pub, yeah, and there is a Coors Carling, uh, Carlsberg there, and someone says that's three pound fifty a pint, and then you go to the next along a lot one along, and this is a local brew with like better flavour and blah blah blah, and someone says that's six pound fifty a pint. Where are you fucking going? I know like what you mean. It is, prices. It, is, it is dearer. Like, it is dearer. Yeah, but... I can't get like decent price, like a pint for less than a five and a six. In, in, in my in my local, obviously, it's a Sam Smith's pub. Now we all know Sam Smith does terrible beer. Like you got your Taddy's Ale, you got your Bon Songs, younger brand. Yeah, you've got your all, all that Sam Smith shite. And then, but they do have guest ales and stuff like that. And yeah, it might be twenty p more, but I'm always opting to that because I want to get. Something out of it. I don't know if it's I don't, because I'm a piss. I, I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is necessarily an unpopular opinion on your end, doodles, because there are a lot of people that don't like the cheap lagers. Like, I don't particularly care for Fosters, Fosters and Carling. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Fosters and Carla there. Um, <laughs> like Carla, leave Carla out of this. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if I on the rare occasion I, I do go out in town, if I can't get Moretti, I will drink them because it is just cheaper, and I'm just I'm out there for a drink. If I'm drinking in the house. I'll buy good shit. I'll buy expensive whiskey. I'll buy expensive ciders and like nicer beers and stuff like that. You know, I still I, it's, it's obviously the stats I'm talking about how it is popular, but it's like people don't tend to vote with the wallets enough, for my opinion. But there, there is also the thing about it's just general taste. If you are used to drinking lager over and over again, someone says, "Oh, try this ale. Try this. Try," it, and it's a lot stronger. It is hard to get into that mm-hmm. you have to train yourself to get into that unless you find something like, oh that's really nice it hits perfect because they tend to be a lot stronger yeah. than, than a lager or something it, it's you if someone gave you that or said oh go buy one of them in the pub and you, and you drank it now that's fucking well there you go on with that. unpopular I opinion I've, I've mastered it i've done it years and years and it's taken me till my mid-30s just finally just drink like different ales and yeah. darker beers and stuff because I, so. I just couldn't do it you couldn't but, do it Did, was it just not appealing to you no, it's like the first time I tried a Guinness, I was like, that is fucking disgusting. But it's different like, now. Nothing to do with, oh, it's, oh, it's in England, yeah, that yeah. kind of bullshit. It was just, I could not drink it. I couldn't drink a black sheep or anything like that, wow. but now I was like, yeah, I was just, just 
over the time, I've like, right, just try it. So you're like, oh, this is much nicer. My taste buds tends to change, but people aren't willing to experiment. Like gin, I used to fucking hate gin in my 20s. Gin's incredible. Now my house is fucking full of it. <laughs> yeah, I love gin. I love gin. <laughs> You've also got the supermarket it's... deals as well with um, crates yeah, of beer. Yeah, because you can get 24 crates Foster's. of Foster's. Do you know what's funny? Look at that. I've got a Coors Light glass. That's not because I've bought a Coors Light. Well, my glass says, like, oh. best dad in the world. I don't know who I nicked that off. Old Speckled it's Hen. Certainly not me. Old Speckled Hen, that's another old one. Old Speckled Hen. That's another no. one. It's too he was drinking Old Speckled Hen at the pod meet. I was like, wait, mate. <laughs> Bad See, it's weird you should mention yeah. Guinness because I was the exact opposite. I thought, I'm going to hate it, I'm going to hate it, I'm going to hate it. And the first time I tried it, it I really liked it. I I thought I imagined it's got so much more to its flavour. Yeah, hasn't I it? imagined it to taste like basically really undiluted coffee. But it's really good. Oh, it's really it nice. It tastes like, like Marmite yeah. and Twiglets and It's got loads of stuff. Lovely. You can taste the wood in the barrels mm. and you can taste I don't know what I know it's artificial, the English stuff especially, but it's like I do you know when people oh, oh I fucking love a cold pint of fosters in a beer garden. I'd rather die. <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm, I'm not. I'm not ashamed that I will gladly sit out in my garden as well in times, and I've just had, I've just had cause like because it's just easy. I'm not looking to get. It's got less I'm calories any, than a lot of them. Not looking for anything strong. I was just looking for cause like it's still five percent, but it's got a little bit of a little bit. You know, it's not got the kick of a nice ale or a no. beer, but like it's got something more than water or juice or fizzy drinks. Well, I can promise you're like, drinking Bud Light. I can promise you now, and two of no, you have gone drinking with me. <laughs> You have never seen a beach in my mouth, and you never will, because I think it's horrendous. And my unpopular opinion is it should be banned and stopped, because it's crap. Do your taste buds a favour. Drink something stronger, something tastier. Or like, or like dragon, dragon soup. soup, baby. No, we haven't heard of that for a while. <laughs> I had to stop drinking it because it started giving me heartburn. <laughs> but yeah, just, just drink something. Something with a bit more flavour to it, guys. That's my that's my opinion. Sorry. There you go. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Good shout. Right, we'll finish with me then. Um so my unpopular opinion is I think Anthony Hopkins was a shite Hannibal Lecter. So bit of a bit of a more serious one, this one. Um so in ninety two Anthony Hopkins won both an Oscar and a BAFTA for his portrayal of Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Um and I just think he was completely wrong for the role physically and his portrayal doesn't seem to seem like it's just not true to the source material. Um, it's almost like they kind of made him out to be the hero of the film when mm-hmm. he's a psychopath. Please do not do that ever. Um, and I just don't understand the hype in his performance. Like he made a funny noise with his mouth and he didn't blink. <laughs> I, I can do that. In fact, I do do that most days, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And he just went during of- sex. <laughs> no, don't make don't make that noise. Do you know? Did did you read Red Dragon before you watched any of the Lecter films or anything like that? I tell you how I did it. I did the Anthony Hopkins films. Um, yeah. Then I did Red Dragon. Then I watched Hannibal the TV series, and then I read the books. And then Mind, I did. What about Mindhunter, the original film? I didn't do Brian Mindhunter. That's the no, one I saw. That's the one I first saw as well. But I, I, I read Thomas no, Manhunter, not Mindhunter. Yeah, Manhunter. Sorry. Manhunter. Manhunter. Manhunter is something very different. Many people say he's the, that's the best. Um, Brian Cox's lecture is good, but he's not in it for much, is he? He's not in it a lot. Well, neither is Anthony Hopkins. True, exactly. true. Yeah. true. They actually, I think they had to put more Anthony Hopkins in, didn't they? Because he tested so well with audiences. 
they actually added yeah. more Lecter. They did a lot Which of horrible did... things to the character, though. Like the like the the, the forced uh, the forced Thomas Harris to write a book, Hannibal Rising, so they could create the film Hannibal Rising. And he was like, "I'm doing it in a month," and that's why Hannibal Rising is a terrible film and book. I it's didn't mind the shit. book. I thought it was quite oh, interesting. Fucking shite. And I know I've gone oh. off about like we shouldn't be giving uh, characters sympathetic backstories, but oh, I quite enjoyed it. I thought so it was bad. very like it was quite a disjointed book, wasn't it? Like it jumped yeah. around scene to scene. Shaxi's anti like, a lot in it. Well, he's not as rich. Not like blood related to him. I know. Still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Fit>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember it. the film, the ending, the ending to the film is terrible. Ending to Sounds of the Lambs is different to the book, isn't it? A little bit. I can't remember. Can't remember. Yeah, where, I the book, where I it's how he escapes is completely different to in the book. In the book, oh. it's more espionage, mm. not biting everyone's faces, <laughs> and just wearing other people's faces. Yeah, yeah, not quite that, but yeah. I, I love his poor child in Silence of the Lambs. I think it was. It's just that. He gives that impression that he's not a nice person at all. <laughs> he's a cannibal. <laughs> but, but no, but the, the way that he comes across so calm and, you know, he's, he just makes it feel really uncomfortable when he talks and the way that you can see him looking at Clarice in a way that you shouldn't look at people. Oh, smelling The way that he studies her. And, see, this is- yeah, and that violence that then appears in the movie. Again, I can't, I can't remember what it's like in the book. But it's not that violent. It, it suddenly shows you what he is capable of. And I, I still think the performance is really good. So, I think possibly having read the books, it, it changes things because he was a really highly um, admired psychiatrist. Um, and he was Best in the business. Working, yeah, he's working with the FBI to help solve crimes and stuff. So, you so. know, if he was... He's described as in the book as a um, well. They sort of say he's basically a pure sociopath, but actually, what they say there's not really a name for what he actually is. So, but say maybe plus, the, plus so, tall and slender. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll get to that bit in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, so, so say just for the as using the logic that the closest thing he is is to a sociopath. Um, sociopaths aren't just staring and unblinking; they are. Very charming, very charismatic. They are friendly to people when it suits them. Yeah. Not to mention that he's a psychiatrist, so he would know the a way to behave that would not him give him away as a sociopath. So yes. he wouldn't be standing yeah. there staring. He Sniffing. probably sn- he probably wouldn't <laughs> be commenting on the way people smell. Um, yeah. He certainly would. No- he certainly did notice it because it's it, point of his character is that he does have a very finely tuned sense of smell and to the point where he can um sort of diagnose people's medical conditions without them even knowing like they can he can smell sort of sense what they're um what they're suffering with um well he, he was in the books he was he was the the, the uh, uh, north america's premier sommelier he was a wine smeller wasn't he and taster yes. that's where he got his sense of smell so yeah um, we yeah, never portrayed so, it in the film. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Yeah, no, that that side of him was not portrayed in the film, and I think that was almost a bit of a disservice because it doesn't portray his character. And this is not necessarily Anthony Hopkins' fault. It's probably, you know, it, in Silence of the Lambs, he is just in the in the jail cell, and you don't really get to explore yeah. the the kind of person he is behind that. But he, he could have portrayed it not just pure. Um, 
he goes from completely no emotion to evil, and there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more layers to him than that. Um, but as you Did were you saying, like the TV series. Yes, I very much like. I did too. That's, I thought yeah. that was really good. And that is much more of a deep dive into what Hannibal Lecter is yeah. actually it is, like as a person. It is, it is weird that Jonathan Dem, the director, decided to start with the second book in his little yeah thing as well. Because the first the first film didn't go Dragon, down particularly well, did it? No, Red, uh, Dra- Red Dragon was Manhunter's the original, wasn't it? On, yeah. on, on film, on film. But Red That's Dragon right. is Manhunter. It's the same thing. It's the yeah, exactly the same thing. But and then he, it, he, the way he, it was Silence of the Lambs. Then was it Hannibal and then Red Dragon? Yes, I believe yeah. so. I believe so. Yes, because they had to change because it couldn't be Jodie Foster anymore. That's she right. Too yeah, old. she was too old. I don't think she yeah. wanted to do it either. It got Ray Liotta um, in it as well. If you remember. Yeah, he ate his own brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Red Dragon's the one with um, the guy from Fight Club and Hulk. What's his name? Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Yeah, he as was Will. playing Lord Graham, and yeah. uh, Ray Fiennes was um, Red Dragon or the um, oh, uh, Francis Dollarhide. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was really. Good. I've read these books so many times. I fucking love them. I didn't Tom like Harris. Red Dragon so much. Like I, I don't, I don't like the films. I don't like the Red Dragon section of Hannibal, the TV show, and I didn't like the Red Dragon book that much. I don't know why it just didn't. You are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my unpopular opinion. <laughs> but yeah, no. Going back to him physically as well, he's um, so he's this um, Lithuanian count that comes from like a long line of European nobility. So you'd think he would at least have a bit of a um, a slight sort of um, European accent. Um, and it's physical. He no, I don't know what that accent was, but it wasn't what it should be. It was. He did his. He did his accent based on um, um, uh, the New England accent, didn't he? Um, and that's why they based Stewie Griffin's voice off him as well. I think so. He did it, a lot of what a Stewie lot Griffin's of, um, voice is based off Rex is Harrison. It, is that what it is? I, I thought it was. I thought, yes. I thought it was more like Hannibal Lecter and the original. No, no, it's Rex Harris. It is, isn't stuff. it? It proper is when you say it. Fuck. <laughs> it sounds more like Lois Griffin. He did the thing where a lot of um, British actors actors kind of use a British accent but just make it a bit more nasally yeah he is, be- he is better as Lecter in Hannibal it's not a better film but he's better as Lecter in Hannibal I really enjoy the Hannibal the film I, do, I, I still don't think because I mean they were given the opportunity to expand his character a bit and they still kind of made him out to be the hero yeah, I don't know why they keep doing it <laughs> yeah I mean I know he was kind of obsessed with Clarice but he still I mean he just did some Awful he was things. More obsessed with Will. Yeah, absolutely. That was more of a kind of love affair. Yeah, he wanted um, to fuck him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, because they he, they both sort of um, stimulated him. Um, yes, stimulated his intelligence. Um, but yeah, phys- physically, in Silence of the Lambs, in the book, he's meant to be forty-seven. Anthony Hopkins was fifty-three. Yeah. Um, and while while filming, probably arguably looks a little bit older than that. And he's meant to be small, <laughs> sleek, and with a wiry strength in his arms and with dark, slicked-back hair and a widow's peak and sort of yeah. reddish eyes. And his uh, left hand has an extra finger. Yes. Which yes. they haven't addressed in any of the media, I don't yes. think. Um, so essentially, he's described as which being really Which he plays really the piano with really well, apparently. Yeah. He uses his extra finger to play the piano. Ugh. And other things. <laughs> oh, um, God! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's described basically described as being really attractive, both physically and characteristically. Yes. And um, yeah. I just think a huge part of his personality was missing. And like I said, it's not necessarily down to his performance entirely, but also the direction and writing and 
I think for a more rounded um, version of the character should be shown. Um, and even though I'm focusing on Silence of the Lambs, like I said, they did have a second chance and a third chance to address it in um, Hannibal and Red Dragon, and they didn't. Um, and there's just been, there's been a number of actors that played Hannibal Lecter, but for a much more true to source um, material version of the character, you should be I, Mads, baby. Be Mads, yeah, Mads, Mads baby. Mikkelsen. Woohoo! Yes. Yeah. He is really good as Lecter. Keeps his accent. Um, chef, sommelier, pianist. Um, oh, I haven't seen the third season. It's not the good. One that they ended it. On. It's a bit of a funny one. The third one. It starts. It's Hannibal, it, isn't it? It's the plot of Hannibal when he's it's in the Venice. Plot of Red Dragon and Hannibal, weirdly. Yeah, because yeah, um, it, oh, it, it did does... like Hannibal the book. That was really good. I enjoyed that. It is a good book. Yeah, it's yeah. They kind of set it out in a funny way, and they didn't really do any of the Silence of the Lamb stuff either. Although I think potentially they were thinking there might be another season. That could um, have been the last season, bit. couldn't it? Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, they they sort of did a character that was like Larry Starling. Um, they did. They did, yeah. What's her name? Uh, Lass? Agent Lass? Agent Lass. Um, I can't remember the name, but that's a made-up one for the, for the show, wasn't it? It was, it yeah. It was kind of a hybrid character. It's it's kind of meant to be Clarice, but I think maybe they just didn't know how many... Um, I really like the show. It's really good. Yeah, I really liked it. I think the third season, it... Um, to quote Family Guy, it insists upon itself a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a, a different bit. setting as well because it's not in um, it's in Venice, isn't it? Or Rome, yeah, or is it's, it? Yeah, it's Venice. Turin, it's maybe Florence. Florence, one of those. <laughs> one of them. Italy. <laughs> some some weird European. I think, I think you're right. Florence is right. Yeah, I think he's, is, he's yeah. the creator of the museum, isn't he? That's right, yeah. yeah that's um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a d- different tone, different setting, and it's, yeah. It's it so go. gorgeous, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's lovely. Oh, I drink his bath water. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's uh, it. So I think we can probably go on to our bulging sack now. Yeah, that's, let's bulge. Excellent. Well, the um, there, there are quite a few in here. The, the audience... Um... They I jumped on this one, so we'll start off with uh, yes. We'll start off with terrestrial extra. I've been wanting to get this out for some time, so it may be a little <laughs> dated. Are you ready for this one, everybody? And then... The Arctic monkeys are crap. <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking that's come out to... of nowhere. Man. Yeah. <laughs> to elaborate, I believe their first album, abbreviated. WPSIA twin. Whatever whatever <laughs> so you say. What, what I people am, say I am like that, that's what I'm not or something. Like yeah. Is a coming of age masterpiece. I've always thought it as as the catcher in the rye of <laughs> albums. Jesus. What a <laughs> analysis. <laughs> Although I like the album much more than the book. The second album has some bangers, namely Fluorescent Adolescent and Brian Storm. The rest of the album is meh. Fifteen years and four albums later, nothing of note. All monotonous Mardi. See what I did there? Tracks that will never hit the heights of those early days, but they're still selling out stadiums, or they were pre-pandemic, and revered in the pop world. Great once, crap now. Re- retraction. Just listen to Favourite Worst Nightmare. Other tracks are okay, not meh. Rest, crap, 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 crap. Aren't they like a jazz band now, or something along those lines? I don't know. They're still doing the same thing. They're just kind of... They're doing that Led Zeppelin thing where they just get a bit weirder. He's with doing it, less of the, the HMO, all right, I'm from Yorkshire, <laughs> isn't he? He's, he's, he's doing more. Yeah, he says summit less. Yeah, he's saying, he's saying summit less. He's, he's more like, I've been around the world now and um, I've got, he's got, he's got like that Elvis hairdo, hasn't he? And, and oh, come on. I know man. the name of yeah, the band. Yeah, the last album was what very 60s inspired. I would know. 
I, I bet you look good on the dance You look floor. good on the dance floor. Yeah, and, um, uh, okay. When the sun goes down, what's that one called? Yeah, they said he changes when the sun yeah, goes that down. One. That one, yeah. What a scummy man. Do you know what? I don't like regional accents in music. I think that's my issue with it. I know there's no... Yeah, but oh, you no, love the Wurzels. Yeah, well, that's different. The Wurzels <laughs> are a national treasure. <laughs> Hearing that Geordie accent in Maximo Park. Like, it's, I love Max. Amazing. I think Maximo yeah. Park are way, way, way better than Arctic Monkeys. Oh, yeah. Way better. Well, isn't he a Borough accent, not a Geordie accent? Yeah, it's... It's, it's, it's Maximo Park. They're from Newcastle. I thought they were from Middlesbrough. I thought it was Middlesbrough. I don't know. You all sound the same to me. Yeah, North South Northern Shields. to me, above Birmingham. Red Gear. No, got formed in 2000 in Newcastle upon Tyne. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. I always thought they were from Middlesbrough. Oh, we a man. Anyway. I don't even recognise his own accent. It's because he's got a posh one. I remember what the fuck you're talking about, like I talk about fucking Geordie. He's got a posh accent, anyway. that's why. <laughs> I've got a Hexham accent. <laughs> anyway, uh, Xenos Infinity said, there's a few, but the biggest one I can't stand is cringe comedy. Mm. It makes me so uncomfortable, I literally can't watch it. Nothing about it comes across as funny. It's just humiliation, and I've been laughed at too many times to laugh back when it's presented <laughs> like that. Oh, bless you. What do you think it means by cringe comedy? What, elaborate. Well, like The Office. The office. Yeah. Well, he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love cringe comedy. Uh, it's done right. It's uh, brilliant. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent on it. Some things I can watch, some things I can't. Mate, we've been doing cringe podcasting for nearly three years, so... <laughs> Not intentionally, though. Settled on nearly two years. Is it? Nearly two years. I the, don't even know what time is. If you want to see the, Flat the most cringiest comedy film ever, for me, it's Dinner with Schmucks. Yeah, Steve Carell. Yeah. yeah. Steve Carell one. I know it's a remake of... of it's original, yeah. yeah. Not, I've never seen the original, but that... Yeah, I, it just makes you cringe. Everything Steve Carell does in that film, you just like... It's that like 40 year old no. virgin as well, isn't it? That's cringy. <laughs> well, Steve Carell's very good at cringe comedy. He's yeah. very really good, good at though. serious comedy yeah, as well. Is that movie good? Dinner for I Schmucks, like it. yeah, it's great. I like it, yeah. I, think I haven't funny. seen Dinner with Schmucks after. It's got a weird guy that's got an owl, hasn't it? He's just got an owl. It's got Paul, Paul Rudd in it as well. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the main one, isn't he? Mm. Uh, Dan at Treesmurf has said, Hate would be a strong word, but I'm so bored of all the love for Game Pass. <laughs> It feels like anything that isn't free on day one now just doesn't get the credit it deserves because, heaven forbid, people should pay for it. Yes, it's incredible value, I'll admit, but at the same time, it feels like it devalues the opinion on anything that isn't part of it and puts people off buying something because they'll wait for it on Game Pass. It also feels like another nail in the coffin for preservation. When I was... I don't disagree with them. When I was researching, much, do you though. know how I did a script at the beginning of the show and on popular opinions to, to put into your guys and the one I talked about Gadget? Yeah. Um, Game Pass is bad. Is a very, very fucking unpopular opinion it keeps popping up all the time like oh that's Sony that's just Sony it's just like I don't even have an Xbox and I'm sat here going Game Pass is fucking good <laughs> that's just good I, my only it's not it's not wrong though no my, my... Uh, everyone literally like people go oh it'll oh, be wait, on Game Pass yeah. is it, is it ruining yeah. the medium in a way I don't I, think I don't it is necessarily ruining the medium I think it's, it's, it's more it's more of a case of like as a consumer thing it gives you that option because there are loads of games that I want to try but I don't really necessarily want to commit to spending 50 quid on when they come out. But if it's on Game Pass, I'll try it. There's been a few games I've played on Game Pass and then bought because I enjoyed it, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't have played The Artful Escape if not for Game Pass. Yeah, loads of little indie games. Yeah. I think it's for a me, platform for indies. The thing that doesn't work for me for that is the fact that I obviously take way too long to play certain games, and I think for something like Game Pass... FF7. I don't have the time to keep up with all the games they're dropping. It's mm. just... Because I, I think if you can get through games and mainline them, that service is 
perfect for you because you can the second enjoy what you let comes go out. of the notion of having a backlog is the second you are free, my son. You don't have a backlog because you play everything. Start <laughs> a backlog. Start of a backlog. That's not the same. You don't have a backlog because you literally play through everything in a week when it comes out. It's not the same. That's why you don't have a backlog. The thing is, the thing is with Game Pass, if you play through two games a year, you've then made your money back. Got the value out. Yeah, yeah. yeah you've made your money Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Like I've, I haven't turned my Xbox on since February, but I know there'll be stuff I'll play later in the year that'll make up for what I'm paying for Game Pass and yeah. not using right I, now. I had, a, I had Xbox Series S for most of last year. I, I beat four games on there, and I was like, oh, I've got my money's worth. Mm. Probably money's worth. I didn't even pay for a full year, so I, I, I get, I get, I get what he's saying, but I, I can't agree with it. In comparison to Sony, to to buy, you know, if you haven't got an Xbox, you go and buy one, and then you get Game Pass. I mean, oh, what, what else do you need? And get codes. You just don't need anything to send else. Do games you? in the post. Do that. You could do that. <laughs> Moving on, that F, that <laughs> fucking show guy. Everything. <laughs> Fair enough. Everything's bad. Everything's that his unpopular opinion. Just everything. Everything. He hates everything. everything. Just everything. That's his unpopular opinion. Maybe it means he loves everything. Uh, known food pervert Nimrod Hicks oh, has come no. in with oh, their master enunciator. Strap in. <laughs> unpopular opinions is say, well, pull up a chair and strap in. Oh, this is my week. God. Let's start off with the stuff you're all aware of. Gravy is awful. <laughs> Mashed potatoes are the devil's work. Yoga can jog on. Walker's ready salted up by far the best crisp. And all milk chocolate is total wank. Oh my <laughs> God. I can't even begin to like absorb that information. Like I've said before, my father repeated. slaved in the gravy mines for 25 <laughs> years to get the Britain gravy. Nah, I hate not it. fair. Everything about that sentence is just... <laughs> I agree. No, I agree. I hate Wrong. roast dinners. I hate gravy. I hate potatoes. I hate potato-based anything, really. I'm not asked. Fuck off. <laughs> did, did you oh, say you don't like, like milk chocolate? You had a whole episode on crisps. <laughs> I'm not that. Did I mean, you I can... like... Crisps are barely potatoes. <sighs> Why don't you marry Nimrod Hicks? Maybe I will. Because he's already married. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can have you both. You can have you both. Ugh. Monogamy. That's anyway, an unpopular it, it, thing. Those are so good. It gets, it gets worse, Oodles. <sighs> Next, Diego Maradona was not one of the world's f- greatest footballers. He was. Maradona was actually one of the most talented and skilled footballers who wasted his ability by being a cheating wanker. No, the hand of once. God was one thing, which I still haven't got over, mm-hmm. but taking ephedrine in the World Cup is unforgivable. There's nothing worse than a supremely talented individual taking shortcuts. If you're middling and need a boost, that's not right, but you can see why one might do so. But to be the best and still cheat is a complete betrayal of your abilities. I took more than ephedrine in the last World Cup. I can promise you that much. Uh, Oodles, I, 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 I need you to brace yourself for this last one. I can't. You, you're going to have to brace yourself. This might finish you off. <laughs> God. This brings me nicely on to Prince. <laughs> <laughs> and he's off, everybody. He's walked off. Walked off. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. <sighs> Sorry, listeners. So he says, this brings me nicely onto Prince. Widely regarded as one of the most talented musicians of his era, mastering several instruments, but was so far up his own pretentious arse, he only ever produced a mediocre oeuvre with a few half-decent tracks, total waste of something potentially beautiful. And finally, I know this will ruffle feathers... And I know Debbie Punk is going to be um, hopping on a plane straight to Norfolk for this one. There's no airports in Norfolk. It's fucking marshland. 
Blues Brothers 2000 is not a bad movie. Fuck off. Oh. Fuck off. Nimrod. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. No, 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 no. How can we try? It's a that- fucking abomination. I say this as a Blues Brothers devotee who knows that the original who knows the original word for word and would regard it as my Desert Island movie. 2000 gets far too much flack and is, in my opinion, a fun homage to the original. Knows what it is and is almost a shot-for-shot remake. Also, the ins- the ensemble Louisiana Gator Boys version of BB King's "How Blue Can You Get" is a personal favourite. I welcome all positive feedback. Love to all. Right, the music might be fine. The songs in isolation, perfectly fine. I don't remember a scene in the original Blues Brothers where some zombie queen Same. turns them into <laughs> dancing puppets. That, what's that homage from the original? I'd like I to mean, know, what because it's, I don't what remember it's, that. It's safe to say that we cannot trust the opinions of a six-toed, fucking 12-toed, whatever, how many toes he's got, man from Norfolk. Let's go throw <laughs> potatoes at him while go we listen to Go kiss your cousin stop bothering us. <laughs> I, I do have a confession here. I agree oh, no. with him oh, about no. Prince because I Fuck actually. Off, Biggie. I listen, listen, listen. When Prince passed away, which I thought was a really sad thing, I then went through to listen to his music because I'm not really a, a big fan of Prince in the sense of no, knowing not, all of his music. Honest. And I must admit, I still only like his hits. I didn't find any of his Fuck other music off. at all that good. Personally, for me, just yeah, it wasn't I mean, for personally, me. Personally, it's fucking shite, mate. You're wrong. I'm not even, I'm not even anyway. acknowledging it. It's bollocks. Anyway, moving on to Angry Kurt, best boy. Um, oh, dear, Oodles. I've seen <laughs> oh, this. For fuck's sake, My what submission now? this week is going to upset Oodles, I'm afraid. Oh. Yes, Kurt. See yeah. this. And it's the grinding in games is one of the worst mechanics in games. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> First off, it's just used as a filler for a game, but not a particularly good one. It's like a sandwich where the filling is mostly basic pre-packed ham available with no butter or anything. (laughs) I don't know why that tickled me so much. Uh, Why is the game making me do this? Why not just make the bosses I'm grinding towards a lower level more suitable to where I am at that part of the game? You can also argue grinding is responsible for microtransactions, as people pay with some games to not have to grind, as demonstrated recently with Gran Turismo 7. If people would rather pay than use the game mechanic, then there's a problem. I have to admit there have been games like Pokemon and Yakuza Like a Dragon, which have grinding, which I have enjoyed. But particularly in case in the case of Like a Dragon, I feel the game would have been infinitely better had it not required grind. I didn't grind in that game. Grinding is fucking terrible. I agree. I I'm on the fence what? with this one. So no, because people... Why, should, no, why, no, should, no, why should I? Why should I play a game? No, right. When I'm playing Persona 4, I'm, I'm playing that game and I'm, perf- I'm just going along, along with the game, along with the game. I suddenly hit a boss... None of my characters can defeat that boss. Not but I, at that point, no, I have. I've played the game as along with the narrative, and I've gone to the places. I've done this, and it's also I can't defeat the first boss. So what? Go off and fucking do a but lot. It's of not just sim- JRPGs, mate. People grind on Modern Warfare all fucking week. It's the exact same thing. No one calls that grinding. It's the exact same thing. I prestige now. I'm literally calling it grinding. And it's, it's, they give it a pass. No one calls fucking playing the same track on Mario Kart grinding. That's not grinding, it though. It is. What, you, you, <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. You, both of those examples are absolutely fucking terrible. No. Because you're not you're not playing towards anything. The prestige just happens. Like I don't even I'm not even bothered like sticking up for modern warfare, but Prestige just happens as you play the game. You're grinding to get better levels. You're not grinding to get... You don't, you're like, oh, I've got to do this to get the Prestige. I know some people that might tell you, but if I play COD online, I just get the Prestige. It's 
It just happens. It's same on Destiny 2, it's same on mm. The Division, it's same on... Yeah, really well, RGRPG, that's terrible as well. That's terrible as well. Same on uh, I think with your Breath example of the Wild, with, grinding in that. I think your example with Mario Kart is probably practicing over grinding. Like, I would describe grinding as doing the same thing over and over and again to get XP to become a, to become a higher level. Whereas, time trials. Time trials is the exact same thing. Is it though? Is it or is it just you're just getting no, better not. at it? No, it's not. Grinding is just getting better at the. Game. No, it's not. I, t- I think grinding no, is getting not. more no, at all. No, it's not at all. Yeah, gr- 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 grinding, grinding is more getting your character built up through the repetition in the game. If the game's got a really because, good because battle system or a really good gameplay loop, you don't call it grind. You don't mind doing it. It's same with well, it's it's like, same with Dark Souls. It's like it's about Elden Ring. If if you're constantly fighting things to get stronger. Is that not called grinding? You know what I mean? It is. But but because you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it. You don't feel like it is. If you're enjoying something That's what I'm doing wrong with Dark Souls, I think. I'm not grinding. If you're enjoying (laughs) if you're enjoying something, you don't consider it grinding. Like But but I have I've found that with Elden Ring, there's so much to do. I'm not I'm using JRPGs as an example, but there's so much to do that I can go off and do other things that are at my level, which is fine. That's understandable. Whereas in JRPGs, it's like the ones I've played, it's like Go off and just face the same enemy for the next few hours. The same yeah, battle. I agree it's not the same battle, again. is it? But like, like Final Fantasy Thirteen fell down because it was the first Final Fantasy which didn't have grinding in it, and everyone got stuck two thirds of the way into the game before the game got to the good bit. I found bit. a good grinding area because there was one boss, and you couldn't go back and grind to get better. Game. It was a shit game. <laughs> it's a shit game. But the, those games need the grinding for and, that and, kind and of battle. And this system. is this is Kurt that constantly plays into the breach while grinding. Anyway, ah, moving on. It. We've got one. From, we've got <laughs> one from Ray. I think Oodles is a bit too triggered right now. It's the Prince shit that so, set me off. <laughs> Ray said, "Hi, modern escapism. After the disastrous launch of Battlefield 2042 and the underwhelming Avengers game, live service became an unwelcome term connected to unfinished games. Live service has been an unwelcome term for a lot longer than those two games. I'm grinding in them. Um, however, I personally don't want to dismiss live service. After all the." The example of No Man's Sky and Battlefront 2 suggests making amendments to broken games is not as favourable as selling good products from the first place, but still far better than making customers pay for unplayable messes and writing a PR letter as an apology. Hmm. Furthermore, I think there are certain game types that can benefit from a regular update service, such as balancing competitive multiplayer in FPS or MOBA games, or new items for building management games. A proper live service game can maintain the replayability of a game, helping increase the value for money of buying it and it may allow developers to use old assets which can reduce the cost. In my humble opinion, live service is just a tool. Whether or not it's evil is depends on how it's wielded. I think that's a pretty accepted... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There are good live, there are good live service games. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a solid like, opinion, that. Like D- Destiny 1 was a great live service game until, until Destiny 2 came out and started putting in microtransactions. Yeah, Destiny 1, it got better because of the live service. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. mm. most, like... You know, MOBA games or like um, free-to-play shooters—they're pretty accepted that you know they have the microtransactions because that's how the game functions. And it's going to get you better know. later on. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I used to re- I used to really like playing Heroes of the Storm, and that you know uh, that was that was Blizzard's MOBA game, and you know I put money into that because I enjoyed. I had like hundreds of hours. The entry levels free. Isn't I would it? buy entry levels free. You get you can get up to like twenty characters for free, and then you just start unlocking or grinding for the ones that you want. Um, but there's no obligation to buy everything. Just buy some cool shit. Or grind. Yeah, when I was talking grind, to... Uh, loads of characters I got without paying for them. There you go. When I was talking to Jay Taylor when we were playing The Division, he said something along the lines that um, Massive announced to, at like a conference or something or wherever it was, 
um, that they were doing another update to the division with more content and Ubisoft didn't even know it was coming. <laughs> they just decided they wanted to do it. <laughs> Why would they? They've got enough on the plate at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's a, it's just a fair a, point. Just a little, little angry, uh, entry from Angry Kurt there because he's just posting the Discord. I just remembered I could have stuck my one division opinion on this week's pod. I'm not even going to fucking discuss that. I was, about to, I was about to go, beep, 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 breaking news. <laughs> I'm not even going to discuss that, Kurt, because you and Pete have got a fucking hiding to come. I'm going to fucking spank <laughs> you, boys. You're getting spanked. Welcome me to the next round table at your peril. <laughs> anyway, that's the, end, that's the end of the mailbag. This episode's triggered the fuck out of me. I'm fucking furious. We're all a bit now. on edge now, aren't we? <laughs> what I need to know is, um, I need to know the socials and what's happening next time because fucking I'm livid. Well, I will tell you, <laughs> and I hope it soothes you. So, I hope so. you can visit our website, modernescapism.co.uk. On there, you'll find a link to all of our socials, contact details, and our merch store. If you've got any comments or feedback for us, you can fill out a form on the website, tweet us, or email us, email us on modernescapismpod at gmail.com. We've spoken about our Discord server, so if you'd like to join our community of listeners for a chat about the podcast and other aspects of pop culture and escapism, come and have a chat. It's full of reprobates of idiots with bad opinions. Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Come drop your bad opinions. Drop your bad opinions. That's the tagline. I like it. We'll we'll use that from now on. Before entry. (laughs) Um, That should be the rules of entry, shouldn't it? What's your bad opinion on something? Yeah, right, you're in. Yeah, now because we'll just accept them all because we just like <laughs> so we can berate we're like, we're them like Xavier's, we're like Xavier's school for gifted individuals we just get all the fucking freaks in our discard <laughs> and mutants that's what we like though freaks and mutants all are welcome uh, Twitch you can find us on twitch.tv slash modern escapism the best place to find our schedule or if we decide to do a surprise stream is to keep an eye on Twitter or Discord or just Drop us a subscribe on Twitch and you'll see on your mobile when we're going live. We also have a YouTube. Everything we do is uploaded to YouTube. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, you'll be able to see our beautiful faces if you'd like to catch up. Actually, you almost didn't see mine, which is probably a blessing to some this evening because I had a bit of a technical difficulty. Oh, don't be daft. That was a yeah. Uh, My moment. light fell off you're at the one nation, point. You're the nation's did, sweetheart. Did you see if, 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 we, if, you're, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you can see our beautiful faces. No, you faces. can. It, it, what I was lead, leading on to say is if you go to YouTube, you can see us beautiful faces. <laughs> you know what happens when it gets to the socials gadget? The wine has kicked in. You The wine kicked in I'm hard earlier. hasn't jumped on you yet. <laughs> Um, so that's youtube.com forward slash modern escapism. And we've spoken about our Patreon. So that's patreon.com forward slash modern escapism. And if you want to support us in a non financial way, please leave us a five star review wherever you can. We read them all. Well, we all we read all the five star reviews, not the one star reviews. Fuck them. Uh, yeah. Next week no. is going to be another fun one. So we're not doing a round table next week. We're doing film pitches and gadgets bring us this one. So we're coming up with a concept for a film and we're going to pitch it to each other. And mine's going to be the best. <laughs> I didn't know it was competition. I think Oodles is going to be the most perverted. Oh, yeah, mine's a porno. You can rely on that. Making a porno. <laughs> Killzone, the movie. <laughs> the musical. Starring. Who would, st- who would star in Killzone? It's got to be Chris Pratt, hasn't it? As Hellgas number one. And number two. <laughs> And number three. Do you have any stipulations any. for this gadget? Uh, just 
pitch a rough idea for a story who you who you would cast in it if you want to go into like doing the crew who would direct it who would do music who's your director of photography anything like that it'd be as detailed or as light touch as you want but i'm expecting brilliance from you all it's gonna be exceptional and you have to, to, be you have to pitch it to the other four you have to pitch it to the other four and we'll have to say if, if your movie is going to get made or not Lovely. perfect perfection do you want a budget? What we want is yeah. a budget. 12 billion. Yeah, like Dragon's then... Den, how much I need for the film. Yeah, basically, we're Dragon's Den, but for films. $100 million, please. And I, 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 want, to hear, I want to hear the audience. I want to hear their ideas. I have films. an idea. Not, hopefully, I can put it, to, pull it together. We've got a week. Stig's writing furiously. Anyway, anyway, we are dragging this shit on. Um, everyone that's a patron, meet us in the green room. We've got some honorable mentions, and Gadget's been doing a bit of homework. Uh, for everyone else yes. that's tight, unpopular opinion, but you should not be a tight bastard and enter the green room ways. But for to you guys, good night. Bye. Bye. Back off. Here we go, right? And right, pray for me. One, two, banana, three, banana, four, banana, five, banana, six, banana, seven, banana, eight, banana, nine, banana, ten, banana. Why is that? <laughs> Counting to ten so it resets. Why banana? Because that's just, it takes a second to say banana. Mississippi is the famous one. Oh, elef- elephant. Just, one elephant. Um, just uh, one yeah. and two and three. Yeah, and the four word and, and in between. Banana, start cam.